From my boat, so you can see me, you can't squeeze me. I ain't easy, I ain't sleazy. I got reasons why I tease them. Boys just come and go like seasons for But I ain't promiscuous. And if you were suspicious, all that shit is fictitious. I blow kisses. That puts them boys on rock, rock. And they be lining down the block just to watch what I got. So delicious. Crazy. They always claim they know me coming to me, calling hey, Stacy. I'm the F to the E, R, G, the I, the E, and can no other lady put it down like me? I'm Fergalicious. My body stay vicious. I'll be up in the gym just working on my fitness. He's my witness. I put your boy on rock, rock, and he be lining down the block just to watch what I got. So delicious. Check it out. All the time I turn around, brothers gather around Always looking at me, up and down, looking at me I just wanna say it now, I ain't trying to round up Drama little mama, I don't wanna take it And I know I'm coming off just a little bit conceited And I keep on repeating how the boys wanna eat it But I'm trying to tell that I can't be treated like clientele Cause they say she delicious But I ain't promiscuous And if you were suspicious All that shit is fictitious I blow kisses That puts them boys on rock rock And they be lining down the block Just to watch what I got My body stay vicious I be up in the gym Just working on my fitness He's my witness I put your boy on rock rock And he be lining down the block Just to watch what I got So delicious Taste, 
Right here on the Xander Effect. And welcome everyone, everybody, to this pre-Thanksgiving episode of the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. Alongside with me are my two wonderful uh, you know, Thanksgiving uh, you know, counterparts here. Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how you doing? I'm doing great. Very thankful I won't have to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> I hate you a lot every day of the week and twice on Sunday, especially on Thanksgiving. Don't take my wing. Um, <laughs> and, of course, we have the lovely Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, how you doing? Hello, gentlemen. It's the day before Thanksgiving. Yeah, right. How's it, go? How's it, how's it out there in Pittsburgh? Is it snowing yet? <laughs> no, it's not snowing. It's raining. It's a rainy day. It uh, definitely feels like Thanksgiving. I went and got the Christmas tree just a couple minutes ago. I'm so confused right now because <laughs> you said Thanksgiving and you were like, yeah, I went to go, I went to go get the, th- the Christmas tree on Thanksgiving. I'm like, aren't you missing a turkey? Um, but I, I mean, how are you, how are you going to spend it? I mean, you know, are, are you going to spend it in quarantine as with yeah, everyone? I'm here in quarantine with my mom. Oh, that's awesome. I that's just wanted awesome. a live tree. I wanted a real tree this year. Oh, so did you go out into the woods and just chop it down? No, I actually went to the supermarket and got one. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's not a live tree, technically. Come on now. No, it was that's outside. A- oh. <laughs> See, I can't with you. No, no, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. No, I'm done. We can't, we can't talk about that anymore. This is just not even Christmas yet. I want it now. <laughs> I, feel like I, I feel like I'm like that girl in Willy Wonka. Daddy. Daddy. But daddy. Daddy. I want one. I want one. Yes. Yes. You definitely are like that girl from Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory. Um, but uh, but no, that's cool, though. I mean, you know, hopefully it'll still be alive and not dead. I mean, you got to water it, you know. Uh, yeah, I already put water in it just a couple weeks ago. Oh my god, she goes so valley girl on me, Jeremy. Oh my god. <laughs> ah, hello. Like, for sure. Like, ring, what? ring, clue phone, it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's cool, though. I mean, that's cool. Some people like to go ahead and, you know, uh, get their Christmas way early, but that's, you know, that's a personal <laughs> So, Jeremy, what about you, man? How are you spending your Thanksgiving? 
Uh, just spending it at home, pretty much quarantine with the family. Um, we are not really having anybody over except for my dear neighbors across the street. Uh, my good friend Alex, my little buddy, uh, and his dad will be joining us in our driveway. We are going to put out some folding tables and sit everybody nice, nice and far apart and everything else. And we're just going to sit out in the driveway and enjoy a meal and that's about it nobody's coming gonna... over we're not doing anything big no heat lamps or anything because it's going to be pretty cold i would think yeah, it'll be fine we do an earlier you know thanksgiving gotcha. earlier in the day <laughs> nice nice well, where, where, was, where was my invite i'm a little hurt <laughs> i said we're not having people over wow not even me not Never. especially not you <laughs> i don't know where you've been <laughs> Well, you know what? The feeling is more than mutual. More than mutual, my friend. I didn't want your f- delicious, freaking professionally made turkey by you anyway. I hate you. This this guy right here, Lonnie. So let me tell you, this guy this guy's like a crack dealer, right? He gives uh-huh. me a taste of his... Yeah, of, a crack his, dealer. Yeah, uh, the, he's the crack dealer of cooking. Okay, okay, so he gives me a taste of his food. And uh-huh. after that, it's like, you know, he has me fiending for it after that. Like, well, let's see. Bad. Who's to blame here? Who, who's who been invited up here a thousand times before It's not all my fault. Shit, We're, you it, know. It, no, you know what? It's not my fault that circumstances beyond my control prevent me from going to go see you guys. All right? Always, uh, always something to bitch about. Please quit making <laughs> excuses and trying to blame it on me. You know what? You know what? I'm going to blame it on Lonnie from now on. <laughs> No, I have to say that Jeremy sounds like he Jeremy has that ease. He sounds like a good cook. No, oh, you know, like to talk to somebody and, he, and you know like, what? Aside aside from him him being such a jackass, he is an incredible chef. Yeah, Absolutely. He sounds like incredible. a really good and, and I and I take that back. I probably shouldn't have said cook. I should have said chef. Well, <laughs> truthfully, I'm I'm actually uh, very fond of the word cook. Um, okay. You All know, right. wh- while I am a chef and chef really only means chief. That's all it means. So okay. I have run my own kitchen in my catering as well as for multiple other catering companies. So technically, yes, that makes me a chef. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've always really respected the term cook because a cook mm-hmm. is a craftsman. Mm-hmm. You know, no different than a carpenter, no different than, you know, I take, yeah, there's artistic stuff, whatever, but at its basics, a cook is just another craftsman. And I like that. So I've, I've yeah. never had an issue and I've never understood why chefs, some get offended at being called a cook. I think it's really pretentious of them. Well, yeah, I, think I mean, it's probably a lot like uh, some people say cameraman as opposed to photographer or, or cinematographer. Yeah, like yeah. it's like where's your where's your cameraman? It's like some people don't care, but there's some guys who don't like that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm one of those guys. I don't like that too much. I don't well, like the camera. I'll tell you this: don't uh, <laughs> don't call a East Coast firefighter a fireman. 
Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You do that in Boston or on the East Coast, they lose their minds. What I am not a fireman. Them? I am a firefighter. Ah. They are, so they are, it is a, a, do not ever do that to them because they right. will, they will verbally crucify you. I wonder what if you're, if you're in Boston and they've had a few, they may do more than verbally crucify <laughs> you. So, <laughs> well, I wonder, I wonder what happens if you call them a first responder. How about that one? I don't know. That'd be interesting. I, mm-hmm. I just know. Like, from personal experience, they uh, they tend to get rather touchy about being called firemen. It's like you, you choose the neutral word and see what they do. You know, just wait. Be like, oh yeah, well you're a first responder. How about that? <laughs> what do you got? What do you got now? It's like um, I I I don't know what to say to that. That that's actually a good. Damn, we're gonna have to think about that one for about two seconds here. Uh, I mean, it's 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 that's that's interesting, man. I never even knew that. I never knew they were so touchy about their title over there. Uh, they can be. Um, it's mainly East Coast, from what I've seen. Uh, per- particularly Boston, who's one of the you know proudest firefighting communities around, and stuff like that. Um, it's something they take very seriously. Yeah, Lonnie, what's up with that? No, I I, I work here as a reporter <laughs> in, in Pennsylvania and Pittsburgh, and I have to say I don't <clears throat> them firemen because I always felt like if you do that, then you're excluding the women. Mm-hmm. Because there are plenty that there aren't a lot, but there are some female firefighters. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. you're right. You're definitely right about that. You're definitely so. I guess, yeah. I mean, I suppose that that is definitely uh, that is definitely uh, a way to look at it. I could agree with that. That's that's mm-hmm. that's that's interesting, though. I didn't know that. That's very interesting. That's a nice little tidbit of uh, of information that I didn't know. That thank you, Jeremy, very much, Mister Human Encyclopedia, Mister Amazing Chef. Right on. You, you, you know me, the the king of useless information. <laughs> <laughs> well, from useless information to entertainment news, uh, we got a few things. Uh, to chat about today in entertainment, sports, and video game news, actually, in this pre-Thanksgiving episode of The Xander Effect, uh, including uh, the fact of the matter that uh, Dave Chappelle went on Instagram. Actually, this is something that he did uh, did a while back that he posted mm-hmm. on Instagram, uh, asking people to not watch Chappelle's show, and Netflix heard him loud and clear. They removed him. We'll talk a little bit about that. In sports... Uh, soccer legend Diego Armando Maradona has passed away today, and uh, that's actually uh, that's actually a pretty big loss to the soccer community. Uh, he passed away at sixty. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Uh, in video game news, Red Dead Redemption Online gets a, uh, is announced to have a new DLC coming in December, a standalone DLC coming in December. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Also, we have a special guest, uh, a pop singer and podcast a podcast hostess, uh, Seven Roberts, is will be stopping by, and we will be featuring her her newest single, "Running Out of Time." But first, here are the Foo Fighters. Breakout right here on the Xander Effect. You make me dizzy running circles in my head. One of these days I'll chase you down. Look who's going crazy now. We're face to face, my friend. Better get out. Better get out. You know you make me break.
What up? This is AB. Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan. What's going on? It's Amanda Holly. Hey, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains here. This is Maxim Waddle Riley Sawyer. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to The Xander Effect. and you're listening to The Xander Effect.
is Reloaded's Long Cold Black Train right here on the Xander Effect. In entertainment news, uh, Dave Chappelle went on uh, on Instagram and posted a um, a kind of a, a event that he did at one of his live performances, and basically he is is, is describing uh, how he felt the day that uh, he was actually on SNL about three weeks ago, and the very day that he was hosting SNL was the day that he found out that the Chappelle show was going to be streamed on Netflix and HBO Max. He had no idea. Uh, the, the key phrase here is the fact of the matter that he was not getting paid for this. And he decided to explain as to how he felt. Uh, he, he went ahead and he called up Netflix and told them that he felt bad for them uh, uh, streaming his, the show on on Netflix because basically the way it went down is that he he got a contract and at the time uh, he was kind of he, he pretty much equated it to uh, uh, a game in New York you know that he had uh, that he had been kind of suckered into uh, a few years ago when he was very young uh, one of those card games or whatever where you have to guess you know uh, which card is black or whatever card money yes the yeah. card money. thank you that one and uh, basically he got he got conned into that and mm-hmm. uh, the people around the the the, the guy that was doing the the game were cheering him and he didn't realize until he had been watching this game for a while that they were all in on the con so he pretty much equated to him signing that contract with comedy central to the same thing a bunch of board members pretty much saying oh yeah dave this is going to be the best thing for you and blah 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 and he felt that they were all in on the con as well so he pretty much got screwed in, in the way he described it in his in his in his when he was venting to his, to the audience, how he got screwed in that deal, and uh, how basically there you know he wants to do another Chappelle show, but he can't. He can't because he's under contract with Comedy Central, and they will not allow him because they will not allow him to use his likeness or anything else or his or his very own name to start another show. And this is horrible. This is this is something that happens to a lot of creators in this industry. I mean, he basically also equated how creators get screwed to the Me Too movement. You know, it's yeah. like it's like it's like he's saying that the monster isn't just, you know, the Me Too is about how the monster screws and, you know, the 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 creators getting screwed over that all that's also another version of the monster as well about about how this entertainment monster is so i mean it's it's a really it's a really uh touching uh uh event that he did and he pleaded with his with his uh with his fans to not make not so much to boycott but to, just to not watch the uh, Chappelle show. He's like if you've ever been a fan of mine, don't watch it. Just don't watch me. You know, boycott me. You know, for lack of a better word. And he really went in on it. I mean, this is something that uh that he was fe- he felt very passionate about uh and very upset with the situation i don't blame him though as as a creator i'm a a creator myself i would be pretty upset too i mean i mean lonnie you you pretty much you uh expressed how much you're a fan of Uh, dave i mean how'd you feel about this 
Yeah, let me just start that I absolutely adore Dave Chappelle. He's my one of my favorite comedians. And one of the reasons why I respect him so much for his work is that not only does he make people laugh, but the way he tells stories, he's such an amazing storyteller. And the way he's able to compare uh, things and draw parallels and really reel people in to make them care is just amazing. So when he started to talk about that story of being, you know, young and having $60 in his pocket, because I just watched it yesterday and it mm-hmm. being his last $60 and there was a hot Latina from Pittsburgh, which I thought was kind of <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, that he was inviting funny. to New York for the first time on a sure date. Sure it wasn't you? Sure it wasn't you, Lana? No, it wasn't me. Aww. It was maybe me in another life. And, uh, <laughs> He only had $60 to his name for that weekend mm-hmm. to spend on her. And he lost it when the by that scam, you know, pretty much. And those people taking advantage of him and, and just comparing that to the same way when you sign a contract. So the thing that I took away from it when I was watching it yesterday was the in perpetuity, which I see a lot for mm-hmm. print jobs, for things that I see. And there used to be a time like Chappelle in my 20s where I just wanted to be a model so I didn't care if you know just to know that my picture was in an ad just being naive at the time I didn't care but when you think about it when you give people that you give them the right to use your image forever forever you know that's a long time and you're only paid like one time yeah. And that's it. And I think that's what people don't don't really understand. So it really is important to read the fine print. And I was glad that he explained it. Um, his call, because some of the stuff that he always calls the audience to do um, is really compelling. And was funny, too, in his own. And I guess I find him humorous because I, I know that he's a comedian, although it was a very serious subject. Mm-hmm. But I think it's easy, in my opinion, to boycott the Chappelle shows. I happened to actually catch one of the very first episodes of one of his shows um, not too long ago. And although he was talented and really funny, he has so much work out there right now. I mean, so many uh, concerts, which I've watched over and over again, that you really don't need to, to watch those shows from back in the day. You really don't. And and. I think it's cool. Why not boycott it? Take it away. And I applaud Netflix the same way that he did in the skit for thinking about his feelings. I mean, how often do do companies right. and corporations think about the artists and their feelings? Think about what their their heart or their soul wants. Yeah, that almost and, never happens. And that's never. and you're so right about that because <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's the reason why he says he messes with Netflix. That's the reason mm-hmm. why he's he's with Netflix and he messes yep. with them. because he was even pissed off at HBO. Yeah. That he actually pitched uh, the Chappelle show to HBO, and yeah. we're like, "What the f do we need you for?" And, and now, now they're, they're streaming. Yeah, now they're running reruns, and he's asking the same question now. He's like, "What the hell do you need me? What the f do you need me for?" <laughs> you know, I mean, it's he's right about that. He's right yeah. stuff about that. You know, it's yeah. like, dude, you didn't need me before. Now you need my shows. What? I mean, that's yeah. stupid. And 
you know, it's it's just it's sad. But I mean, Jeremy, you come from that from that world of contracts. You come from that monster. I mean, did, I mean, obviously, when you were in on growing pains, you 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 started at a very young age. But you had, I'm sure, you had people around you. You know, you had family around you that were watching your back as far as you signing a contract and signing pretty much your your rights away. I mean, how how did that go for you? Well, I mean, yes, I had uh, my mother and my grandmother who were both very involved in keeping me safe, but neither were, you know, well-versed in entertainment law or contracts or how any of this should work. You know, this is not something my family was familiar with. So we did have to rely on my agent as a child and stuff like that, Um, which at the time I had a wonderful agent, uh, Ruth Hansen, who was very, very protective and really fought for us and looked out for us and really took care of us. And um, she was an amazing lady. So I was very blessed to have her looking out for me. But that's not always the case. And especially as we talked talked about with some of the singers and performers who've been on the show you know people are not always looking out for you and a lot of times you are on your own and you know you've got to make the decision you know they're offering you a lot of money do you get rid of that money and just turn it down so you can hold on to your creative control do you you know i mean you xander as a a writer i mean if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to offer you a million dollars for this show, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a hard decision, you know, especially if they're asking you to give up control. Exactly. Because that's your baby. That's something you created. Um, you know, for him, I, I think as Lonnie said, it's, it's great that he's doing this and he's standing up for it and calling you know, calling Comedy Central out. Um, Comedy Central has uh, had a bit of a reputation among comics for taking advantage of younger comics in their contracts and things like that. So um, the fact he's taken him to task for this is, uh, is very notable. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's it's he also kind of uh, insinuated a little bit that they made up lies after he decided not to come back uh, for a fourth season, saying that he was on drugs, he was, uh, you know, an alcoholic. He got pissed. He said, "I was I was a devout Muslim. I didn't yeah. drink or smoke." <laughs> that you part know, was funny. I he know, because like, now because he was like, because now I do smoke. Yeah, well, yeah, now he does, you know, ironically enough, you know, but I mean, he was just pissed. He was pissed that they were actually doing all this stuff to him. And, you know, he kind of insinuated that they kind of badmouthed them afterwards. So, I mean, good on him for, you know, for having a platform to be able to actually speak his mind and tell everybody what happened, what really happened, the reason why they took it. And it, you, you could go on Netflix and try to find it. It's gone. Chappelle's show's gone. Uh, awesome. HBO still has it. HBO Max still has it. They're not going to take it down. They're, that's yeah. just that's yeah. HBO Max for you. They're, they don't yeah. care. Um, but yeah, really, really happy for Dave Chappelle for for standing up for his rights. And hopefully, the rest of the fans will also listen and continue to to semi boycott the Chappelle Show. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, and like I said, he's got so much material out there now that really you don't even need to watch the Chappelle Show. Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah, you really don't. So we'll go ahead and keep an eye on that. In other entertainment news, it is Grammy Awards week. And, man, Beyonce is taking nine nominations. Jesus. She is just, like, gobbling up all those all those Grammy nominations right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are a lot of uh, other uh, nods going. Last year's Grammy queen, Billie Eilish, uh, along with uh, Megan Thee Stallion. These, I'm sorry, Megan Thee Stallion, Phoebe Bridgers, Justin Bieber, DaBaby, uh, jazz musician John Beasley, and classical composer David Frost are among uh, people that are being, uh, that are getting nods. Uh, you know, we have... Um uh, Taylor Swift also she's she follows Beyonce with uh, with a lot of nominations Roddy Rich and Dua Lipa uh, with uh, Six Piece Brittany Howard at, of Alabama Shakes fame uh, you know they picked up uh, five nods for her solo debut so that's 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 really awesome and uh, but the one that was actually a surprise and was completely shut out was The Weeknd he he didn't wow. he was yeah shut maybe, out of maybe it's because of that weird thing he's been wearing on his face <laughs> Which one now? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. He's like wearing this like uh, thing. He's wearing, they say that he's wearing this like mask on his face to speak out against drunk driving, which which I applaud him for speaking out against drunk driving. But it's just weird that he's wearing this mask now as a part of like his attire now on his face. You can't really see his face. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I just, yeah, these artists nowadays, I don't get it. I mean, I mean, Jeremy, are you going to ever wear one of those things on your face? <laughs> I mean, and cover I think, all this up? Are you kidding? I mean, you should. I think you should. You know, you're not little Ben Seaver anymore, buddy. Okay. Didn't ask for your opinion. Thank you, pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like, uh, yeah, 2021 Grammys is going to be filled with surprises. Uh, definitely going to, you know, watch that one. Uh, right now, Black Parade is actually uh, being nominated for Record of the Year. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think I think you expressed, Lonnie, that you were, you were, you kind of, you mm-hmm. liked that one, right? Black, oh, Black is King. Yeah. Oh, Black, Black is, is King. King. This one, yeah. Yeah, Black is Black King is, is the King. one. Mm-hmm. That was um, Beyonce's, it was like a mini movie video project that she did, um, which I have only watched half of it because um, I was watching it over a friend's house before I came out here and then I had to stop. But it is definitely gorgeous, beautifully shot. Um, it celebrates um Black culture um, going all the way back from Africa. And some of the costumes and the dancing and the performance, amazing. And I just happened to look at Instagram this morning when they were uh, talking about the nominations for Queen Bee. And it's such a small world because Anissa Williams, who's a big casting director in L.A., and I've actually done a couple projects with her, Black woman, gorgeous woman, very, very connected. She cast it for Black is King, and I didn't even know that. So she did the casting for that project. So she's stoked about it. Um, I'm stoked about it. And I'm even more stoked that Trevor Noah is hosting. Yep. Yep, he's definitely he was definitely announced as the host for the Grammys this year, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And you know, with right now the current crisis, it's going to be interesting to to watch a virtual version of the Grammys. But then again, they did it with a recent award show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. were able to do it as well. So I mean, yeah, it's it is definitely possible. Uh, so it's going to be really cool to to watch the performances and everything. And I think Lonnie, I mean, I hate to correct mm-hmm. you, but on my notes here it says Black Parade. That's what that oh. that's, that's what it says. It's is called. it Black Parade? It's okay. Black Parade, yeah. 
But I know that the actual, like, the actual uh, video I thought was called Black is King. The actual... Nah, the, so- the song by Beyonce and Derek Dixie uh, is called Black Parade. Oh, so that's nominated? Okay. Yeah, that's nominated, yeah. The, for for right. Record of the Year. Maybe because I saw Anissa Williams post something about she did the casting for Black is King. Yeah, I have no idea. That's what I have on my notes over here, so I have no idea. So, yeah, but the Grammys are coming up. Are you going to watch it, Jeremy? Um, I, I will watch some of it. I have to admit... I don't get into the award shows that much um, outside of the Academy Awards. Not even the Emmys? Um, Even the Emmys, uh, ever since I, I... you know, wasn't working. I mean, not that I was nominated as a kid, but um, no, it just wasn't uh, wasn't something. Unless one of my friends was nominated, which did happen a few times, that minute, I really wait, paid. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wasn't Growing Pains nominated for for Emmys? Growing Pains never got nominated for an Emmy. You You're have to be nominated. You have to wow. be nominated by either your network or your production company, and. Um, yeah, we didn't get a lot of support from them, even though that's we were the number crazy. one show on ABC. So. Yeah, that's crazy. I never knew that. I thought you guys at least got nominated. No, 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 nope. Alan actually won a Golden Globe, and um, I think he won one or two, but I believe he was the uh, he's the only one who won. I don't know if Joanna or Kirk were ever nominated, but... Um, no, wow. we as a show never received a whole heck of a lot of support from the people we were making a lot of money for. So, wow, wow. But you know, I mean, that sucks. That's that's really sad to hear. But um, hey, at least you, like you said, you still you 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 also made money yourself. So I mean, that, well, hey, I wasn't I, I wasn't in it for the awards or anything <laughs> exactly. else. Exactly. I mean, it was. I got oh, you know. Oh, and, and Xander, sorry, I don't want to be anal about this, but actually, Black Parade and Black is King are part of the same project. So ah. Black Parade, which is the song, and there are probably a couple of songs because it's a soundtrack, is nominated. But Black is King, the music video and film, is also nominated. Ah, and see. that's what I'm talking about. Gotcha. Yeah, I didn't. Now I know some of the music from Black Parade because actually a couple of the songs, which is interesting, that she. Uh, used and reproduced for Black Parade were some of the song, a few songs from the Lion King contract. Um, Lion, um, Lion King. Come on now. You can soundtrack. go out. Try to say try to say that three times fast. It's kind I know. Of the Irish Lion, watch. Lion King uh soundtrack. There you but, go. But uh, but anyway, yeah, Black Parade is and Black is King, which are part of the same thing. Black is King, the music video, which is like a mini film, mm. is nominated. I see. Well. Okay, yeah. so we're so we're both right. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're both right. Sure. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, we're definitely going to go ahead and keep an eye on uh, the Grammys. We'll see who are the big winners and the big losers of that night. In other entertainment news, looks like uh, Saved by the Bell finally premiered. And in case you haven't seen it on the Peacock yet, spoiler alert, going to go ahead and spoil it for you. If you're listening, don't listen. Uh, if you want to watch that reboot, don't listen right now. At least not for the next few minutes, uh, because I'm going to be talking about how they uh, they basically went ahead and uh, did the entire season. Uh 
from the from what I read, it doesn't seem like it might get a second season. We're that's still the jury's still out on that, so we don't know yet. But so far, it basically uh, ha- what happens to the 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 original Saved by the Bell crew with uh, you know with uh, Zach and and Kelly and Slater and Jesse. Uh, looks like they pretty much went all their separate ways. Zach became the governor of California after uh, trying to beat out a $75 uh, speeding ticket. Um, Kelly became some sort of a wellness uh, positive you know, vibes guru. Jesse got her PhD in psychology and uh, AC, uh, he became, I guess, the the school's coach or whatever. And uh, each one of them has their own little story that's going on. But the real question that many people were asking is how in the world were they going to address Screech and Lisa not being on there? Screech Powers played by Dustin Diamond and Lisa Turtle played by Lark Voorhees. Uh, and of course, we both, we, we all know that both of those actors have had personal issues, especially Dustin Diamond. He's had some major, major issues uh, against, uh, you know, Saved by the Bell and some of the cast. He went ahead and did that biopic for Lifetime that bombed. And um, he just went at it. He made himself look like the victim and made everybody else seem like they were against him. And it was just all pretty much a crybabies, uh, you know, bitch about you know oh i didn't get this i didn't get that blah 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 that's pretty much how many people saw it that's how i saw it when i watched it and trust me when i say that's you know about what an hour and a half two hours of my life i'll never get back um and basically the way they addressed it during the seasons because they did the entire season on the peacock they addressed it that First of all, Screech is living on a space station with his robot. Uh, I don't know if you guys uh, remember that he had a robot uh, by the name of, uh, I think his name was Simon or something like that. Uh, Kevin. No, his name was Kevin. The robot's name was Kevin, and he's living on a space station. Uh, AC addressed it uh, in one of the episodes by saying, quote, Screech is so lucky he and his robot Kevin get to live on the International Space Station so he doesn't have to deal with any of this. So that's something that Slater mentioned and as far as Lisa was concerned apparently towards the end of the episodes uh, they they had a big falling out and uh, the principal of the school by the name of um, by the name of uh to Tuli to uh, Principal Todman, Todman, that's what it is, uh, played by John Michael Higgins, uh, interrupted and basically told them all that they were always all very self-involved. Uh, that he was, he went to high school with them and they never noticed him. So they went ahead and called Lisa, who is in, who's a successful uh, fashion designer in Paris, and asked her about uh, Todman, and she said that she remembered who that was, uh, but that she has to go because one of her lovers was waking up so i mean it's you know at least we they they kind of put both of those characters in a kind of a good light i guess um you know it seems you know it seems logical that screech is on a space station with kevin and lisa's in paris you know enjoying the parisian life as a fashion designer let me point something out in that um, because there's something that maybe a lot of people might not pick up on yes they definitely kind of have shown them both in a positive light but only one of them did they really leave an opening to be a part of the show if they so feel yes principal building Mm -hmm. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> of those two, of the Lisa Turtle character and the Screech ah. character, they have only left the path open for one. And with the way things went down, being that Lark has struggled with, you know, anxiety and some mental health issues and things like that where it was her choice to walk away from this business because it can be so amazingly mentally torturous um but there was an article recently about two months ago that acknowledged that lark was actually in discussions about maybe doing a cameo for the show that she was that she felt comfortable doing that little bit she didn't feel comfortable being a part of the whole thing but that she had been in talks to perhaps do a cameo or something like that so as soon as you started talking about the way they set it up, it makes sense. Dustin kind of burned some bridges, and while they didn't, they weren't petty about it, they didn't, you know, make his character look horrible or anything, they really didn't leave an open door for him to appear. Whereas hers was not so personal with them, and there wasn't so much bad blood, and, you know, being a designer in France, all that is is a plane ticket. True. True. Yeah, it'll be a lot harder for Squeeze to come out of that space station. So, I mean, I mean, Lonnie, what do you think? What, yeah. what do you think of those spoilers? I don't really care. I'm not going to watch. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> She's so honest. I love it. I love that Lonnie is just like, I don't really don't give a crap. I mean, why are we talking about Saved by the Bell? Who cares? I don't care. It was back in the 90s. Who cares? Who gives a damn? Who gives a rat's ass about all that? I mean, I guess Jeremy has more to say about that because he's from that era and he, you know, he was kind of, you were filming, right? I remember. I like some shows. I like a lot of shows from that era. That's just not one of them. Mm -hmm. No, we were, I I have an affinity for it just because it was the same time we were filming at the same time. And I knew them, you know, Uh I I knew Mark Paul, I knew, you know, all of them pretty well. So that, that's why this all is, it's, it's more personal to me. Um, I had friends that watched the show, um, you know, that Saturday morning saved by the bell hour or whatever they had but mm-hmm. it wasn't a show that really drew me in but I was friends with them you know they were they were good people for the most part I mean I don't recall having any issues with any of them and uh, that's cool you know they were they were all really nice people so it's it's nice to hear them doing well you know I always try and kind of keep up and see how everybody's doing um, so yeah it's it's good to see they got a, another shot um personally not being a huge fan of the show in itself i i don't it doesn't sadden me to hear they probably won't be getting a second one just because i don't know how much more you could do you Mm -hmm. know i i don't know how much more you could build on these characters who've now gone on about their own lives well actually in saying that they're talking about doing kind of a kind of a standalone between uh between uh uh, ac slater and jesse spano because apparently there's still there's still a romance there um there's still love there's still feelings there i guess between the two of them even though jesse's character has gotten married uh to some writer guy or whatever and uh towards the end of 
the season, apparently she kind of got pissed because the entire season, they kept on talking about caffeine pills. Obviously, we all remember the episode <laughs> where, you know, I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. And she just freaks out. There's a lot of memes about that, which is freaking hilarious. Um, but there's a lot of references to the caffeine pills throughout the entire season. According to a news article, there's a lot. And uh, in one of the the final episodes of the of the first season, her husband decides to give her coffee. And she's like, do you not even know who I am? I'm Jesse Effin <laughs> okay. Spano. Okay, that's a, that's a funny one, I got to say. I'll give so, him that. That's so, pretty good. So they kind of threw that in there. And they're, they're kind of uh, hinting at a possible second season, basically focused. Focus, refocusing on Jesse and AC. So, and of course the kids, the new kids that are on in the school and everything. So I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's still the, again, jury's still out on that one to see exactly if they're going to get a second season. We'll just have to wait and see and find out coming up next. Uh, we have a beautiful guest of ours here, Miss Shevin Roberts. She is a pop singer, artist, uh, actress, and a podcaster. We'll talk with her a little bit about her newest single, Running Out of Time. But first, here is Shevin Roberts' Running Out of Time, right here on The Xander Effect.
That was Seven Roberts running out of time right here on the Xander Effect. And joining us is the pop singer herself, Miss Seven Roberts. Seven, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Dice Twin? Uh, it's a beautiful pre-Thanksgiving day here in uh, wonderful, sunny, but yet cold California. <laughs> it happens. What can I say? How you, how you How are your Thanksgiving plans going? Oh, pretty good. You know, it's just the same old, you know, family. Of course, there's a limit now, supposedly. So uh, my family's pretty small anyway. So, but I'm going to like two different family dinners. So I got to, you know, kind of save my appetite a little bit. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, definitely have to do that. Are you, are you in California or are you out of state? I'm actually in Houston, Texas right now. I, I've lived in Los Angeles and Orange County, and I just kind of go back and forth, back and forth. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, how's yeah. uh, how's this uh, year been treating your yourself? I mean, I know you got a podcast going on right now. That seems pretty successful so far. Thank you. Uh, yes, I have the Chevin Show, which I was interviewing basically other artists, other entertainers, some celebrity cooks. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. I'm kind of taking a break from it right now just because I have so much going on with my music. But yeah, it's, it's definitely fun. Uh, people can join me over there. It's on my IGTV. And then um, I basically go live and then post to IGTV and eventually probably be over on YouTube. So it's just kind of a fun little venture. Nice, nice. Well, I mean, so far it seems that you've been uh, you've been doing incredible work. I mean, you just had uh, "Running Out of Time," uh, great song, by the way. And Thank you. Um, you know, I mean, how did how did that song uh, come to be? I mean, how did you get inspired to write that one? Oh, um, "Running Out of Time." I actually went into the studio with the producer. His name is Alice Control. He's he's known for a few hits. His daughter actually has her own show right now on the Disney Channel called uh, Gabby Duran and the Unstable. So. I really liked his work and he was actually my music teacher and years ago and so we ended up in the studio and I had this beat picked out and I was like I want this song to be kind of otherworldly like it's about like a really fun atmosphere it's got a matrixy kind of feeling going on and I, I think my thought process was a little like you know deeper but then the song actually ends up being just this really fun dance song but we actually um, shot a music video for it um, this past June and we're waiting to release it because, of course, we need Billboard charts to open up. But mm -hmm. um, basically, we shot the video and it's got a lot of fun elements to it with the time travel and um, I'm meeting my future self. And so um, some of oh, those nice. aspects are they're kind of insinuated throughout the song, but the video kind of brings it a little bit more definition. Yeah. And did you come up with the concept of, of uh, the music video or was that somebody else that came up with that concept? Yeah, me and the director were kind of brainstorming. We kind of you know, put our heads together and that's what we came up with. So yeah, he definitely helped out with that. Nice, nice. And I mean, I know that you're, uh, you have a wonderful team that backs you on all your music, including uh, Grammy Award winner David Longoria. How's it like working with him? Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, David is really cool. He actually, um, the way he discovered me was I was I was shooting a TV pilot called Here's Vegas and um, it was starring Wayne Newton and a whole lot of other, you know, like well-known celebrities that are like legends and they asked me to come in and perform my song. The producer Nancy really liked me. So I guess she was showing the video to David when they were talking about other projects. He's like, oh, I really, really I really want to work with her. And it was weird because I had actually been told about him 
a few years before that were like, hey, you need to go to this event. You need to meet David. And I kind of blew it off because I was just tired. I was in LA and I was like, I'm just done with these events. So it's cool how like we were brought back together and then David was like, send me your music. And I sent him and he's like, I can totally get you on the dance charts. Like this song is worthy. Like uh, we really like you as an artist. And so now we've got, you know, the whole pack is ready to launch off. We're just waiting for the dance billboard charts to actually open. And then um, we're gonna be planning on launching my five remixes of this song and the music video to the one that was um, the mix that was done by Robert Ebach, who's also, you know, Billboard, Grammys, all that. He's really cool. He's really yeah, he's cool done, to work with. Yeah, he's done work with, uh, he's, he's done work with Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, and uh, Camila Cabello, to just name a few, along with Selena Gomez. So that's, yeah. that's pretty huge. I actually um, wrote and co-wrote and recorded an entire EP with him in June as well. And so we'll have those follow-up tracks as well. So I'm really excited about that as well. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, but so I'm, I'm curious, I mean, when you first started in this, uh, in this industry, I mean, is this something you always wanted to do? I mean, is this something that you just, or is it something that you just woke up one morning and said, hmm, you know what? I think I want to go ahead and try to sing. <laughs> you know, make it happen. I mean, <laughs> that's hilarious. How, did, how did that happen? Um, well, actually, I grew up um, winning dance competitions. To sum up my childhood and teen years, I became like a six-time national solo champion dancer, which basically just means that as a solo individual dancer, I would like perform in like arenas of 20,000 people, get standing ovations. I've always, I could not stop winning. I remember my mom would be like, can you just not win this one so your sister doesn't get jealous? And I'm like, I have to win and I would always win. So I think that built my confidence and I was very much as a dancer, I was very much as an artist. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of people that would dance and they would win their age category, but they weren't getting the standing ovations and they weren't getting like fans coming up for autographs and stuff. So when I say as an artist, I actually would go through several, you know, I would, when we used to have like music stores, I would go through music stores and go through. So I started to really develop a deeper, feel this under my skin. And then I would hire like three different choreographers. I would design my own costume, which, which would be way outlandish more than you would see any like ice skaters costumes. I have like a very strong fashion sense. And then, and then the whole piece would come together. It was like artistry. So that's where I kind of got and my artistry and then performance as a dancer. And then my friend was actually kind of like a one hit wonder. And then I was like inspired by her and she taught dance at my mom's dance studio. And then I heard an audition for a music school and I kind of ended up going to that and then I got in. And then that's when I met some producers and I started making record after record. Um, every few years I'd make a record and then I'd go, oh my God, this is not, uh, I'm not satisfied with this. Cause like when I come out with a record, I'm gonna hit the charts one day, I'm not just gonna, be an independent artist and put it out. And I, I tried to remain humble, you know, cause I would win awards and open up for some celebrities, but I'd be like, man, the second I like put this out, if I actually put it out there, there's gonna be a record of how much it sells or doesn't sell. So I just didn't want to do it that way. So I actually have I've made several records and I might've um, promoted them a little bit, but I'd never really actually wanted to drop them like on iTunes or anything because I wanted to make sure it was truly worthy of more than just a performance and more of just uh, gathering fans in. It was worthy of like making the charts. And so now I'm finally satisfied with the product. <laughs> Many years later, I finally feel like the product is ready to launch off. So I'm not your typical independent artist. It just drops like random stuff, you know? Right, right. It seems that, it seems that uh, you definitely are, are, uh, are a hard worker for your craft. That's for sure. I mean, Lonnie, <laughs> I, I mean, Lonnie, I mean, what, I mean, you know, you're kind of uh, in this type of industry. I mean, I, did mm -hmm. you, 
you ever, you know, I mean, when it came to, because I know you're into yoga, mm-hmm. but I mean, you mm-hmm. also were into the, the dancing mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. I took, um, it was, it's cool to hear that your mom had a dance studio because I would think, what was it like? I'm curious. I, I took ballet when I was young. My sister is the dancer in my family. Um, I was oh. more into theater. So what kind of dancing were you competing in? Um, they were dance like uh, competition, like drill team, dance drill team competitions. So it wasn't okay. like the like it wasn't like the drill drill team. You know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. like dan- they called it dance slash drill team. But then it wasn't like the studio studio dance. So um, I don't know how to explain that. But if people are in dance, mm-hmm. they kind of know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that was pretty much it. We grew up going to a bunch of competitions, and then I actually opened up Shevin's Dance Academy, my own nonprofit dance academy, for a few years until mm-hmm. my music started winning awards, and then I had to go back to LA and kind of let those students go back over to my mom's dance studio. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a lot of fun, you know, and it, it really helped me growing up to, you know, not get involved in bad stuff because I was extremely mm-hmm. obsessed with dance. And then I got to the point where I was just like over it one day. I was like, I don't do music, but it was mainly ballet, jazz, mm-hmm. lyrical, and then like mm-hmm. some palm routines. So it wasn't, there's more hip hop incorporated now than there was back when I was in it. But it's there's really cool. totally it's- more hip hop. What do you think about that? Because now I remember talking to a couple of dancers on set for a job I was doing, and one of them was a tra- trained dancer, and very much like you, she had been dancing her whole life, and she was telling me that she was having a hard time giving in to uh, the way that the business has been, for lack of a better word, sexualized. Like like nowadays, when she goes to auditions, one of the requirements is you have to be able to twerk. Oh really? And she so she auditions as like a dancer for like uh, major pop stars mm-hmm. or like what kind? For, of, yeah, oh, wow. for like pop stars for you know uh, performances and one of the things yeah. is like they go through the whole list of things that they want the dancers to do. One of the gotcha. things sometimes that she was running into is needing to be able to twerk. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. You know, you know, I won't condemn a, a twerk. I mean, maybe not like maybe kids. Maybe I could say kids maybe shouldn't necessarily do it. I'm going to say yay or nay there. But as a, as an older person, if the if the song calls for it, you got to twerk. <laughs> but I mean, but I if she's feeling over sexualized, you know, I have, uh, you know, I don't know what that means because if it goes to a deeper level, I don't really know what that means. But of course, that would be uncomfortable. Um, but me personally, that. One of the things I really like, um, I actually got this girl, um, her name is Marissa Hart, and she was actually on World of Dance, and she has her own like dance class in LA, and it's very kind of um, jazzy, sexy, jazzy, burlesque. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very stylized, mm-hmm. it's not really mm-hmm. hip hop. Mm-hmm. And I loved her style, and she's actually the one I got to choreograph mm-hmm. the music video. The actual style of dance that I used to do was like, if you were watch it, you like, people would like happy cry, they'd be like, it was like ballet lyrical. So it was very emotional. Celine Dion, Whitney Houston songs, you know, I will always love you, that kind of, it was very innocent. And now it's like, for whatever reason, like the, what I feel more comfortable doing now is the more stylized jazz, which is definitely more sexy. And um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really do hip hop. I mean, I've done it, but it's not really, I guess, it, honestly, like the lyrical and jazz dance, it kind of, it's similar to a, like a burlesque stylized jazz in a sense because um, there's beautiful lines, the way the body, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's not, it's it's funny how it's actually more similar than what people think, but it's just the way that it's done. Mm-hmm. So to me, everything is perspective, but you know, everybody wants to feel comfortable, of course, and things work out for her. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And and I, I mean, did you hear that, Jeremy? You're gonna have to twerk, bro. 
no one wants to see no one wants to see that trust me i think i think you're gonna have to man in order to go ahead and like be answering this you're gonna have to twerk bro dude don't be giving people new cameo ideas okay? <laughs> hey jeremy jeremy i bet you if you twerk in your kitchen while you're cooking i guarantee you do a tiktok video dude you'll be you'll be a hit no, oh kidding. dear lord no <laughs> i mean i mean it'd be funny to see little ben siever you know, yeah That's yeah yeah best thing That's... in the world <laughs> I, oh, I'm going to go on record now as saying that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Guys, such a killjoy, people. We'll, we'll get them to twerk eventually, folks. Trust that's me. Funny. <laughs> I have to say, I, that's I really funny. Like, I really like what you said about um, not dropping your previous albums when you didn't feel comfortable with it going worldwide yet. Um, we've talked about that a lot about, you know, script writers and uh, you know just people who create in general um, really staying true to what they want to be and having that kind of perfectionism where you you know you really held back even though you didn't have to um, waiting for the right the right album you know until you were really really satisfied and um, I, I don't know I really respect that Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, because it's kind of like, it's like I was dating the other songs, but this is the one I'm married to. <laughs> so I get it. Uh, yeah, I mean, people, you know, said things, not necessarily critical, but could be considered critical, that they would say things like, well, you know, you got to start somewhere and, you know, don't, don't let your perfectionism stop you from, and it's like, well, it's not stopping me from experimenting and creating it and necessarily using the song to open up a show for Justin Bieber or using the song to uh, promote, you know, and, and get fans in. But it's just like the ultimate like launch. Like that's where I hit, I'm like, hit the brakes. I'm like, mm, not yet. <laughs> so. No, that's really awesome. And I mean, you also, uh, I, I also noticed that you were also uh, nominated uh, and uh, you've received multiple awards uh, from the Hollywood Music in Media Awards uh, for your song Superstitious Upside Down and Better Than the First Time. I mean, how was it like winning those awards for those for, for that music? It was really cool. Um, it was really surprising because I didn't expect to get three nominations and then actually win. So it was definitely a step up because they do call the Hollywood Music and Media Awards kind of like the prereqs for the Grammys. It's the next closest thing. So mm -hmm. I don't know exactly how close it is, but it definitely felt like there was some acknowledgement there and um, it felt really good. But as far as the song um, Upside Down, that's another really fun dance song um, and same with better than the first time actually had like a little bit of undertone of like a uh, pop punk feel which was really cool but still very bubblegum nice. and then uh, yeah so I, I I did I ripped those off of iTunes so people won't find those anymore because <laughs> I'm, I'm that type of artist <laughs> but but hopefully you'll find something soon whenever I release my my upcoming song running out but, of time but wait a minute you just touched on something that was very interesting yeah. that you got that you got nominated and didn't expect to win you just said that you always expect to win come on now <laughs> well I, mean, I always expected to win in dance now in music ah. you know i am an overachiever in music but i'm obviously more humbled because this is like a, a i don't know like a worldwide thing you know dance it was you know may, maybe nationwide so uh it's you know i'm very humbled at the same time like i i believe there's a place for me and that i can reach my highest potential when i'm working with the right people so I'm definitely going for you know as far as I can go. Nice. You also you also mentioned that uh, you opened for Justin Bieber. How was that like? 
<laughs> it was really funny because um, I saw him backstage and, you know, a lot of people would say like, why don't you get the, the picture, the picture, the picture? Well, it's like, it's in the video on YouTube, so you can see that he's there and like, it's clearly, <laughs> it's clear that I opened the show, but I didn't want to be like this fangirl and be like, hey, can I get a picture? Because I was like, dude, I'm opening the show. So I kind of just... <laughs> You had to be. Have. You had to. You had to maintain your professionalism. And be like, I'm cool. I'm cool. Don't worry. Yeah. About it. I'm here with you. Yeah. Like looking back. <laughs> exactly. Like looking back, I kind of feel like, yeah, I should have got the picture because it's just better for PR. But I, uh, I kind of did the like the head nod, like, what's up? And he kind of did the same thing back. And then I was like, whatever. I got to get ready for my show. And then of course, like, you know, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like I saw him a few months later. It was like he was blowing up, whatever. But. Um, and he was already kind of blown up by then, but he just kept blowing up even bigger. So it was really cool because I felt like, you know, uh, it was just kind of like, maybe this is an indication of my future. You know, it's really cool whenever you could open up for someone that big and just think, yeah, I could be really big one day too. That, that was really an inspiration. So um, it's really funny though, because I would start like three years later. I don't know if this is because of him or not, oh. I, but I did the movies and then all the outside movies, all these kids just rushed to me like a few seconds or around me ready for a picture. And I'm like, oh, I'm taking a picture. And then I would talk to them and be like, hey, uh, what movies y'all want to see or whatever? And they just look dumbfounded. They don't want to say anything. So then I just go on about my business. And then sometimes I wonder, wait, was that because of me or was that because of Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know, <laughs> but, and that was hilarious. like three years after the show. So yeah, so I don't know. Um, uh, he's played some kind of role in, in developing my fan base, I'm sure. But it was really just a one-time event, and it was fun. And it's just cool to say that I, I did that. So nice. And 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 like, I mean, were you? I mean, now do you see it as a matter of fact? Like now, looking back, you're just like, yeah, I open for Justin. You know? <laughs> <laughs> was it one of those yeah. like types of situations now where you just? Be like, yeah, yeah, you, me, me, and uh, me and Justin, we go, we go way back, you know, <laughs> like home, yeah, stuff, you know. No, it's really funny because everybody wants that big story, they're like, well, wait, what happened backstage? And I'm you know, like, he asked me out, he asked me out, I said, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I said, no, it's all good, you know. I mean, yeah, it's it's something that feels like it's just one of those cool things to be like because I don't know too many other artist actually i don't know any other artist that doesn't have a manager and doesn't have a record label and that they get that opportunity so it was really cool yeah nice so i mean like you, you're self-made you pretty much did it yourself <laughs> i mean that's yeah. that's something that uh that's something that you should definitely uh be proud of i mean you seems Thank like you. you're you're making a lot of things that are self-made i mean you're also dabbling in acting as well Yes. I mean, what have you what have you been doing? Like, what have you uh, got going on so far? Uh, you know, I mean, I know that COVID's kind of put a you know put a damper on on the industry right now. But I mean, have you ever have you been able to work during this time? Um. Well, you know, I started out as a kid and I was about five or six years old and I ended up booking like a whole bunch of national commercials and stuff. And then my mom pulled me out. And so, cause I, and I was really young. So I kind of like got that acting bug again as I got older. And so, yes, you know, I've been on a few things here and there. Um, I'm not like overly excited about the, any projects that I've done yet. Um, but I really want to be in love with the project that I do and in love with the role that I'm cast as. Um, but yeah, like as of right now, like I think I just had uh, two commercial auditions like in one day the other day. So um, there's like random stuff happening during COVID. I mean, I shot my music video during COVID. They had the director wearing the mask, you know, whatever. But like it is what it is. And it's kind of even like 
I don't even necessarily want to blame it on COVID because like last year, I mean, the acting business is random. That's why I kind of like music more because I feel like I can get in the driver's seat and take control of my career at least a little bit. And then and with um, acting, it's kind of like you're just waiting on a casting director to call and it's like, is this my life? I'm just waiting on a casting director to call. So maybe I need to like produce something. Well, as you say that, I mean, Jeremy, I mean, would you agree with her on that? I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's, it's exactly the same in the industry. I mean, the, you know, I mean, full-time acting industry, it's, it's, it's a waiting game. And 90% of my friends have at this point gotten tired of waiting and most are trying to create, most are collaborating together. And, you know, it's, I've done the same thing. I've been helping to produce and help write and do different things like that it's uh yeah if you don't want to just sit by the phone which is basically what an actor's life is and was back when i was growing up uh you got to get moving and you got to get hustling so it uh, it sounds like you know it sounds like you're doing that and it sounds like you know music is very similar like you said um you know, you you want to be proud of what you're, you know, what you're putting out there, and yeah. you know that's not an that's not an option. Full time actors always have. You know, yeah. You you want to get in the door. You need to be seen. You need material for your reel and for your auditions and all that other stuff that comes with it. So. Oftentimes you do get your foot in the door with things that, you know, are not your your dream job. Now, that was different for me. I mean, I, I just, like you said, as a kid, it just kind of all fell into place for me. Everything I touched at one point was just, I was booking everything and TV movies and everything was a major project. And I guest starred on practically every major sitcom, you know, back when I was a kid in the 80s. And it just it all was going right you know but i got very lucky and very blessed in that i was involved with really good projects all the time as a kid uh, as i've gotten older and as the door has been a lot more shut um i still won't work on a project i don't believe in but there are definitely projects you're more proud of Right. I'd have, sure. to, I'd have to agree with that. And Lonnie, I mean, you're also an actress as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are your yeah, thoughts? I, I really um, love the fact that you, you know, are proactive. You want to take your career into your hands. It sounds like you're a triple threat because you dance, you act, and you sing. And, Thank you and, so much. And she's a podcaster. And she's a podcaster. <laughs> she's a quadruple so, threat. I'm just big on, because I've had people kind of... Um, you know, question me before of having my hands in a bunch of different things. But I just from just from, uh, you know, talking to people who are into um, building, building, building an empire, or should I say, I don't like saying building wealth, because then that sounds like you're only in it for the money. But it, it just I think in terms of just building stability, you need to have um, it's, it's, it's wise to have a few things going on, because then that way it's you don't put too much pressure on one thing. Yeah. So, but then there's the other school of thought that just focusing on one thing at a time, you can really flush it out and, yeah. you know, give it your undivided attention. So, no, but I yeah. can relate to what, what you're saying. And I think it's very wise of you. 
Thank you. Yeah, no, I feel like if um, people, you know, the, a lot of people do say that, like just the one thing, the one thing, even pick like one thing for YouTube, right? That you're going to like do, that's what everybody's saying. But right. it's like, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like, um, well, when that one thing's just not really like going quickly, the, whatever becomes the priority becomes priority. So, and it always seems to be typically the music. So it's like, if that's, and, and that is, I think, my biggest passion. Like with the music, it's like mm -hmm. if I'm getting more booked on shows, I'm getting more of this to that, then that's always going to take a precedence and I can like quit the others for a while. But it's like to me, I mean, they're all passions, but um, I don't know. It just seems like they all kind of feed into the same, you know, thing. So. And, and maybe I have a question for you. Is there anyone, you know, any entertainer <clears throat> you, who you admire or you sort of had in your journey, you like who inspires your journey? Because when I think of someone like, for example, I mean, she's a different kind of singer, Barbara Streisand. She's a triple threat. She's an actress, very good actress, um, singer. And I want to say she's done some musical theater, you know, some movement, <clears throat> some dancing. So yeah, yeah, very talented. Um, Gwen, Gwen Stefani is definitely uh, my favorite because of her fashion style. I love her personality. Um, and as far as her solo record, I mean, I wasn't in love with it, and I always say I'm not. I'm usually never in love with the record, so that doesn't mean anything. I still really liked it. I always just want to be in love with the record though but hey i'm not even really in love with any of my own records so i liked it <laughs> i liked it but i liked her more in no doubt but that doesn't mean that i'm necessarily a band girl i don't know what it is i just like her and i like her style and i like her stage presence of course there's probably other artists that may be more similar to me in other aspects in the sense of being a dance artist but i don't necessarily fully draw <clears throat> inspiration from them for whatever reason it's just you know what i mean like i just know maybe they're too similar but um, I actually did a cover of Gwen Stefani's. I saw that. I saw that on YouTube. <laughs> yep, I saw that. I was just going to ask about that too. Yeah. <laughs> and I love her. She's just so adorable. I don't know what it is. I think even her speaking voice, I'm just like, don't stop talking. I, I love listening to her. She's so, <laughs> she's so cute. And she doesn't get maybe as much credit as some of the other artists. But I'm really hoping that she'll come out with like another record. I mean, it's been a really long time before. Yes. It makes you just dropping Christmas records with with Blake. It's like, all right, it's time for you to be a star. Let's go. <laughs> I want to see it. <laughs> like, it's great that you're wifey, but time to yeah. you know, break it on your own there, darling. Come on. Yeah, now she's <laughs> back on The Voice, so that'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Nice, so. nice. And I, I, I was wondering about uh, EDM. You, you're, you know, you're obviously uh, into EDM. How did you like get into EDM music to begin with uh, to start making that type of sound? I mean, is it something that you were always interested in or is it something that, you know, you just kind of like, you know, fell into? Well, um, I always started out pop because I figured, you know, I'm a dance pop artist. I grew up dancing this type of music. So that's typically all the records I made in the past were uh, still very pop. Like my first record was more like a Avril Lavigne type of pop. And then it became more of the bubblegum kind of pop, depending on the producer, because producers almost take you down their little path. But um, what happened was... I uh, had this song that had, I mean, barely, the running out of time, the original version, barely had like an undertone of EDM. And when I say undertone, I mean, it was a very small touch because it was still basically really pop. Um, and so when David Longoria heard that, he's like, you know, we need five different remixes to launch you on the dance charts. And uh, the dance charts is obviously the starting charts. I mean, you look at artists like Madonna, whoever, they're usually going through the dance charts at some point or another, typically first, um, to break a record. 
so that's really how and, and I, like I really did like EDM music because he'd be like you know when I went to the studio even to make the EP Robert would be like hey what show me some songs you like and then I and he's like a lot of these are just these these are straight up dance tracks like you're just you really are a dance artist I mean even some of my stuff like Taylor Dane that I like from the old school was like a dance track you know so um so it became you know, dance kind of like gets over into the EDM. It's kind of in that area. And then it became like, okay. But I wouldn't say that I'm a straight up EDM artist. Um, mm-hmm. I'm more of like a dance artist, but there's flavors of EDM. So yeah, that's kind of how it evolved. Nice, nice. And, yeah. and uh, I wanted to touch a little bit back on uh, your podcasting and everything. I mean, is, is this, because uh, it's a fairly new podcast. I mean, did you start this podcast because, I mean, it seems that, you know, when this pandemic hit, podcasts just started you know, popping out of every which way, like, you know, just, just sort of coming out of the woodwork here. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's funny cause I've been podcasting since 2010. So, I mean, that's, nice. that's actually something uh, that I started noticing that I'm like, wait a minute, where, where'd all these podcasts come from out of nowhere? So yeah. is that part of the reason why you started your podcast is because of the current pandemic, you needed something to, to go ahead and, and do, or is it something that you were always thinking about doing? <laughs> Well, that's a funny question because like, first of all, I don't know if I'm considered a podcast yet because I don't, I don't know if I actually have a podcast. I'm more of, we call it the Shevin show. I was actually thinking of, I need to go and put it on Spotify and do like a technical podcast, but it's, it's definitely similar. Um, it's the Shevin show. So basically I do it through IGTV or I'm sorry, Instagram live and then post on IGTV. So I do it where I go live and then invite a guest in. And the reason that I started doing that was because I was thinking, you know, I really would like the thing is I really like want to become a more active YouTuber and just because I feel like you know it's something that's entertainment you can also get paid from it and then it would just be fun and so and yes it kind of has to do with the pandemic gave me a little bit more time to kind of think about that and so I was investigating some um, you know like the classes that they teach you about like how to do things and then I thought man like I have so many connections like I have so many friends in the entertainment industry why don't I just like interview them and then it's it's like cross promotion for both of us so I just started doing that and then before I knew it I was booked up with so many people and then I was like geez this is kind of exhausting I need a break like um so I'm kind of taking this Thanksgiving week I've been taking like the last two weeks off but um also I'm kind of getting to the point where it's like yeah like I'll have major actresses on or different people like from major bands and major artists but I want it to get to a place where it's becoming um like I think it needs to feel elite at least a little bit more exciting because when I listen to conversations I love how authentic they are but I still feel like maybe there's something else to it that it has to become more um you know like a real show so I'm still (laughs) I'm still developing it at this time yeah I don't know I'm trying to structure it but it's it's fun and so I don't know hey, what sometimes to expect, sometimes you know? sometimes having a show like that is always fun. I mean, you get real yeah. reactions from people. I mean, you, yeah. get, you know, I mean, suddenly <laughs> you have you have, you know, a toaster oven going off in the background or something. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You, know, you get various we we get things like that every once in a while as well, you know what I mean? All of a sudden you hear you hear you hear some crazy stuff going on in the background and you're like, "Oh, wait a minute. That's the realness of the right here, you know?" Yeah. So, that's really cool. That's really cool. That, yeah. I was doing it at my mom's dance studio one day and then I forgot about the office phone started ringing. I was like, oh crap, how do we get this thing to go off? And then 
I couldn't get it, and then finally it stopped, and I came back to the, the podcast. So I was we'll like, "We'll oh, go God. ahead and call those blooper reels about <laughs> blooper yeah. reels podcasting." Yeah, and then I thought, "Well, this is like a reality show. People love that stuff." So I don't know what people want nowadays. <laughs> people want everything nowadays. Yeah. I mean, you know, in this pandemic, everybody's stuck indoors; they can't go anywhere. They want anything and everything. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's really cool, though, that you're that you're doing that. And, and speaking of the pandemic, I mean, uh, once uh, you know, obviously. Uh, this pandemic has put a wrench on a lot of plans. I mean, did you have a lot of, were you going to have planned any concerts or anything like that this year that uh, have been delayed or do you have plans for upcoming concerts or anything? Um, this year was just really planning on recording and doing all the stuff that I ended up doing anyways. Um, I'm sure there would have been shows that would have popped up, but you know, because of the pandemic, but I haven't seen a lot of the car shows where they pull up in the car and watch the stage. And it's like bringing it back to like the old school driving theater type situation. So, um, so my promoter called me the other day and I think that they're looking at doing that for me in 2021. So, um, definitely I believe there will be a lot of performances and I think people find a way, you know, because they want entertainment and it's just, people are too cooped up and they need that in their life. So I'm looking forward to doing some shows. Yeah. Oh, they'll find ways. Trust me. They'll find ways. <laughs> yeah. If, if people can find ways to party in a pandemic. They can find a way to go ahead and watch a concert. Let me tell you. So right. that, that's really cool that you've got, that you've been very active. <laughs> you continue on, uh, with, uh, all your, all the projects that you've got going on. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really awesome that, uh, that, uh, you're doing really well, especially right now in the current circumstances. You said that you, that you do, uh, Instagram live do you also do concerts on social media as well like many other uh, artists I was actually just um, on someone's show was it like pop fusion TV the other day and they asked me to perform live and I was like well you want like a cappella? like what do you want you know so because I couldn't really play the, Put me track, on the spotlight don't you Jeez. <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> exactly so I just sang like a little very small portion of the song and then went straight into the rap bridge of the song and then I kind of just gave him a sneak peek but I definitely think I should be doing more of that type of thing I'll be honest I think there's some new platforms specifically for that um, and that's just something that I need to I need to get on you know I've just been doing everything else so I just need to get on that for sure nice yeah. nice well I gotta ask you the question I always ask all my guests how can <laughs> people stalk you on social media <laughs> um, Instagram is definitely I'm active I would say um, it's Shevin Roberts um, I don't know if y'all are going to spell it out for him but it's S-H-E-V-Y-N Roberts Shevin Roberts and then my Facebook is Shevin Roberts Music and I have a music page I think it's got like 120,000 it has a verified mark so you'll know it's me and then I have my personal Facebook page, which I'm pretty active on, and it's basically a music page, just another music page. Is actually, I feel like there's more engagement over there, just because you don't have to pay for ads like you do on a regular page. So if your people want to stalk me over there, that's fine too. And that's just Shevin Roberts, and I mean, you'll kind of know it's me. There's just because it has like all the pictures and the, the there's really shouldn't be too many other people trying to be me online. <laughs> so. I, I want to try to be you, Shevin. Can I be you? Can I be you? I'll go ahead and, you know, wear the Gwen Stefani outfits, you know, be like, that's right. I got that covered. No worries. Yeah. You know how those people are. They try to like pretend they're you and stuff. And I'm like, all right, we're shutting this down. People are like, oh no, it's a, like a fan account. I'm like, nah, you're not a fan because you're posting the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> they try to get, get away with the technicality, but it's a fan page. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. 
No, see, no, see, it's not a fan page. That's pretty cool. What about, uh, and you also have a YouTube channel, right? Oh, yeah. So, subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's The Real Shevin. So, uh, like, I'm just still kind of building it up over there, but I do appreciate people subscribing. So, when I do release content, like when I drop this music video, it'll be pretty cool. So, people can see the music video because I'm really excited about that. And do you also, and do you also, are you also following the TikTok trends as well? I mean, are you also on TikTok? Oh, God, TikTok exhausting, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god people are crazy over there man hey you're talking okay. about you're talking about like live stuff i mean tiktok's got tiktok live too so i mean that's a oh, good opportunity man. for you it really is like people are on me about that like you need to get on tiktok and so like back in like april i did like some where you do the, like the funny you know lip sync things of, yeah. of like it's like an acting thing yep. and then people are like no you're dancing you need to be dancing and so since then you know then i heard tick we're getting tiktok deleted from our country and it's like never mind so i've been thinking about it i'm like do i really got to get over here and make a fool of myself again i guess i do i mean <laughs> so. you know i i mean you, i do it all the time you know so, I, mean, <laughs> I mean ask ask jeremy he'll he'll uh, he'll you know vouch for that that i make an ass out of myself every single time <laughs> i said my ass like, out of yourself it's just who you are my friend that's very <laughs> true that's very that's a damnable point but i mean you know i mean i'll, I'll definitely put up a post a twerk video or something but uh, <laughs> no one wants to see that anyways no but that's really cool though that uh that you got a lot of really awesome things going on uh i mean you know i definitely look forward for uh, your future projects uh love running out of time and running out of time can they can uh people get that on spotify or where can they get running out of time we haven't released yet we're waiting for the dance billboard chart to open i'm guessing it's going to be probably some point in january i've just been making everybody aware to follow me on social media like we just talked about so that they will get the update when i do release it i am very excited to release it but i want to do it strategically so uh definitely will be on spotify and on apple music and all that good stuff so follow me on instagram seven roberts and stay tuned because i'll bet i'll be releasing the five remixes and dropping that music video soon nice nice well technically it's already on spotify and iHeartRadio and apple cool. itunes via oh, really? effect Oh, perfect. There so, you go. So, yeah. that, so that's it. That's actually exclusive. So there you go. There you go. See, we got the exclusive right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seven Roberts, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. Appreciate your time. Uh, look forward again to uh, much more music of yours. And, uh, you know, definitely would love to have you back on the show again very soon. Thank you so much. It's nice meeting all of you. All right. Nice meeting you. Great meeting you. Coming up next in sports, uh, soccer morons as we have lost a uh, legend in the sport, Diego Armando Maradona. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, here is Garth Brooks, The Thunder Rolls, right here on The Xander Effect. in the morning Not a soul in sight City's looking like a ghost town On a moonless summer night Raindrops on the windshield There's a storm moving in He's heading back from somewhere That he never should have been And the thunder rolls And the thunder rolls 
Every light is burning in a house across town. She's pacing by on the telephone in her faded flannel gown. Asking for a miracle, hoping she's not alright. Praying it's the weather that has kept him out all night. Thunder rolls, the thunder rolls, and the lightning strikes. Another love grows cold on a sleepless night. As the storm goes on out of control, deep in her heart, the thunder rolls. She rushes out to hold him, thankful he's alive. But all the wind and the rain, a strange new perfume blows. And the lightning flashes in her eyes, and he knows that she knows. And the thunder rolls. And the thunder rolls. Thunder rolls and the lightning strikes. Another love grows cold on a sleepless night. As the storm goes on out of control, deep in her heart, the thunder rolls. This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Marisela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID, the Kick Creek. Welcome to the place to be. Hey, ain't life wonderful? Wonderful. 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 I know bad Close my eyes and I count to ten Hope it's over when I open them I want the things that I had before Like a Star Wars poster on my bedroom door I wish I could count to ten Make everything be wonderful again Hold my mom and I hold my dad We'll figure out why they get so mad I hear them scream, I hear them fight I say bad words that make me wanna cry
Hi, this is Cambry Lovesey, and you're listening to The Xander Effect.
That was CC Peniston's finally right here on the Xander Effect. In sports, soccer legend uh, Diego Armando Maradona passed away today at the age of 60, uh, weeks after uh, he actually had brain surgery. Um, the soccer legend was uh, actually having uh, was uh, was undergoing uh, uh, some he had he had a lot of medical conditions going on uh, you know from from everything from 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 the brain surgery and everything but apparently um, the, uh, apparently uh, it just didn't go too well and unfortunately he has passed away uh, he's had the thing about uh, Diego Maradona he's had a very very questionable career. Uh, he basically uh, was was shunned from the soccer community uh, after uh, after testing positive for uh, cocaine use and uh, and drugs and things like that. And many people were very upset with him because he's a, he was an incredible and talented soccer player. Uh, and uh, it was it was a very difficult uh, difficult thing for him to do. But then he made a comeback. Uh, he got involved with the Argentinian soccer team and uh you know then there was more controversy there jeremy we talked about this as well as about that that goal that uh wasn't supposed to happen yeah i mean again i hate being the naysayer especially mm-hmm. when a guy just passed away but unfortunately his legacy is very tarnished in a lot of ways mm-hmm. um the the one thing he's the most known for even more than his talent as a soccer player is his winning goal against england in the world cup which mm-hmm. was a completely illegal goal he the used hand his God. hand yeah he used his hand mm-hmm. to knock in the ball and he knew he did everybody saw it except for the refs and it was just a, a rather uh it's considered a rather dark moment in world cup history in that it was a complete cheat and he got away with it um on top of that his personal life has been pretty much a shambles and while he has made an effort over the years to you know work with youth soccer in his home country and work with the argentinian uh, soccer team and he's 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 had a problem with addiction, you know, since his days with Coke. Um, part of the problems with the brain surgery was, from what I hear, was he had a wet brain. He's been drinking so hard so long that after the brain surgery, they actually had to put him in an induced coma because his body was detoxing so hard from the alcohol. And after wow. and after the brain surgery, it seems that actually it's funny because it's, well, it's not funny. It's tragic, but um, he didn't die because of anything having to do with the brain surgery he suffered a heart attack that's how he actually passed away well again think of the stress mm -hmm. that a brain surgery puts on the body as it is but then his body is physically going through withdrawals that's enough to kill a human being without the brain surgery i mean people die from the dts and the surgery and the sorry surgery the seizures and all the Mm -hmm. things that come along with detox that's why it can be so dangerous to do it on your own if you are a hardcore alcoholic um you know you add the strain his body was already under from undergoing a massive surgery and of course his heart gave out i mean it it's it doesn't shock me in any way 
Well, it's it's a tragic day in soccer. I mean, Lana, did you follow soccer? I do follow soccer a little bit. Um, My sister lives in Europe. She's a huge soccer fan. Um, Yeah, it's really big out there. And I bet she probably knows of him. Her her boyfriend probably follows him. So whenever I go there, and and even when I talk to her on the phone, she watches it a lot. I think it's just sad whenever I hear about someone who had such a gift, whether it be in athletics or in music or whatever and then they battle drug addiction and it's just sad to hear that because you know the long-term impact on the human body is going to catch up with you Mm -hmm. later on in life you know at some point and it sounds like that's what happened so well I i can tell you from personal experience that's how my my uncle passed away Really? Um, my uncle that I've told you guys about, who was a hell's angel and lived a very hard life on his body. He was quite the partier and drugs were a very big part of his life um, right up until about two years before he died. Wow. And, um, you know, he died sober, but mm-hmm. his heart gave out. That's mm-hmm. just it. it. After years and years of speed and and pills and and heroin and and all the others, I mean, he did just about everything. You know, the body can only take so much. He was barely forty two years old or forty four years old. Yeah, and he died sober. You know, he didn't die of an overdose. He didn't die of anything like that. But you know, his heart. It gets you. It gets you. Com- it gets you coming. It gets you going. Apparently, addiction. That's that's a that's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, that's a tough one right there. You know, because I mean, it's just it's it's just you know, it's you you try to sober up for the betterment of your health, but I mean, sometimes the damage is already done. And yeah. uh, I've I've had doctors that have told uh, that have told my dad this, you know, I mean, because my dad didn't do drugs or anything like that, but they're just talking about uh, just you know why he had. A stroke. Why do? You, why my dad had a stroke and this and the other, mm-hmm. and they're like, it's not like this. Just the stroke happened from one day to the next. It's from years of bad eating. It's from mm-hmm. years of mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. putting your body and eating bad stuff. It eventually it accumulates. Uh, it's not something that's just gonna. It's not something that's gonna happen from one day to the next. It's something that's accumulated over time. And uh, that's the same thing with drugs. It's not Absolutely. something that's going to happen right then and there. It'll just accumulate over time. So it's just it's a it's a sad day again. You know, in the world of soccer, for you know, for for losing uh, a legend such as uh, Diego Maradona. And I mean, I had heard that he was already having health issues as it was, uh, especially the whole you know when he had brain surgery and everything. But yeah, getting a heart attack out of nowhere that that was that was uh, probably very unexpected to his family. I mean, that's something that uh, the doctors probably were like you know we didn't we didn't see this coming. So you know, it's a yeah, sad day. Some of the younger players coming up look at it as a lesson to really protect, try to uh, protect their bodies and stay away from. You'd think. I mean, it's, I know it's easier said than done yeah. when you may be curious or have an addictive an addictive personality or just, you know, if, if you're curious. But I hope that they see this as what not to do. Yeah, so do I. 
So do I. But, you know, again, it's it's easier said than done. So, uh, you know, my heartfelt condolences go to the Maradona family and to all soccer fans that uh, were fans of Diego Maradona. You know, again, legend is gone and, you know, may he rest in peace. In other sports news, the Lakers decide to sign on Mark Gasol, the brother of Pau Gasol, former Laker. And uh, yeah, this, this, this man, this is great timing. Only how many years later? Like 500 years later that we finally sign up Mark Gasol? <laughs> I mean, this is, this, I'm sorry. It, I guess it's a good thing, but it's a little late you know, in the game. I mean, like I was telling you, like I was talking with you, Jeremy, when I first heard about this is, you know, for that matter, we might as well go ahead and give Patrick Ewing a call and just bring him back. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it, it's not that it's not that Mark is not a good player still. He's still a solid player and he'll be a good person coming off the bench most likely um, to spell some minutes for Davis and some other guys. I have no problem with the signing. What I have a problem with is this is a guy the Lakers have wanted for 10 years now. Okay, 12 years. Whatever, I mean, going back to 2010, yeah, so a good 10 years when we were winning the championship, you know, and we had Pau Gasol on the team. They've been trying to bring Marc Gasol to the Lakers since then, and they haven't been able to get a deal done. So now when do they finally get a deal? When he's on his last legs and probably only has another year or so left. It's very frustrating for a Laker fan. I mean, it just it just reminds me it just reminds me of that scene from Ghostbusters 2 when the Titanic finally arrives and the dock masters both look at each other and like, "Hey, better late than never." You know, what I mean, it's kind of that reminds me of a little bit. I mean, but, how old is he? How old is he? I mean, he's he's still he's still fairly young. I guess. I mean, I'm not, I don't know off the top of my head how old uh, Mark is. I mean, he's, I believe he's the younger brother of Pal. He is okay. the younger brother, but he's been in, I mean, he was in the league for a long time when his yeah. brother was too. I mean, they overlapped by at least six or seven years. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, he's going to, I mean, it's not like it's a huge sign and bonus that they're giving him. They're good. They're, he's going to earn about uh, 2.56 million in 2020, 21 and uh, 2.6. Six nine million in twenty one twenty two, so it's not like they signed him for a whole lot of money. Uh, no, you know. and it's it's not a bad deal. And I, like I said, he's a good player still. He can definitely fill a role, but he is thirty five, so durability has to be a bit of a question. Um, you know, we just had another thirty five year old guy on the back end of his career who didn't contribute a whole heck of a lot last year. That was Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like I said, Mark can definitely fill a role for us. Not- you think that maybe they're looking for, you know, another leader? Like, more than just, like, another person just with experience leadership? Well, if they, if they um, are, Mark's not the person for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he's, Mark's never been really the team leader. He's yeah. always been more of a role player on his teams. Okay. Um, although he's been a great player, Um and truthfully, I don't think leadership is what the Lakers feel that team needs, especially with LeBron and right. um, 
Anthony Davis. They have two yeah. alpha males already who ver- get along very well and don't mind deferring to each other. So that's a rare combination with alpha males and mm-hmm. trying to throw a third one in there probably wouldn't work too well. But mm-hmm. um, I like the signing. Like I said, it'll fill a good role. Well, the what Lakers. Am, well, 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 the Lakers also are looking at two backup centers as well to well, back up uh, to back up Mark as well. Hold on, they're not looking. The Lakers have already signed, ah. and this is the <laughs> this is the signing I'm actually a little excited about. Montrezl Harrell, we stole away from the Clippers. Wow! Yeah, I heard about that. I did hear about that. Uh, we are talking wow. about the reigning sixth man of the year. Mm-hmm. He's a center, he, although a little undersized, but the man's a hustler. He can score, which is something the Lakers desperately need. Okay, the drop-off between um, LeBron James and Anthony Davis being the two highest scorers on the team and the third highest scorer was a ridiculous drop-off. Um you know, James averaged like 25 points. I think Anthony Davis averaged like 27 or 28. And the third highest scorer on our team was Kyle Kuzma, who had averaged 12. So bringing in a guy like Harrell, who can actually score, who's got some hustle, and who on top of that is a younger guy. He's only 25. He's got some years ahead of him. They signed him on a mid-level exemption, so they only paid him, I think it's $4 million or something like that. His game would definitely dictate more than that. They got him on a bargain. As you can tell, I'm very excited about this pick. The guy, and on top of that, as a center, although he doesn't block a lot of shots because he's a little undersized, he actually defends the rim really well because, guess what? He takes the most amounts of charges in the league the last two years. The guy has very quick feet, very quick feet. He's got a good, quick first step, and he can stay in front of a guy. So whether he can block the shot or not is not important as long as he's keeping him away from the basket. This guy is is an energy ball. He's going to be a brilliant player coming off the bench and especially a scoring you know, somebody who can fill in some scoring when LeBron or Davis need to sit. I mean, I, I think I'll be honest with you. I think that's that's more deserving of headline news than uh, than Marcus Saul getting signed. But I believe that Marcus Saul's gotten more attention for that because of his brother because of Powell and the fact of the matter that there's going to be another Gasol on the Lakers. So, I mean, but yeah, that's, that's huge news though. Uh, you know, um, you know, uh, that we, we at least have a backup and a really, really, really good backup at that. Well, that's so. the thing is truthfully, sorry to interrupt, but he's, he's one of those six men and I've always loved those guys and they do tend to win the six man of the year a lot. They're the guys who should be starting, but are coming off the bench as that first guy off the bench for a reason. Okay, there was there was a player back on um, the Bad Boys, my Pistons teams back in the eighties, uh, that I loved so much, named Vinnie Johnson. The guy's nickname was the Microwave. Yeah. This guy, this guy could start for just about any team in the league. Yet they brought him off the bench as the sixth man specifically because he could heat it up that quickly when you brought him in. He was that spark when you had to have someone come off the bench to light a fire. Yep. 
Yep, I remember the microwave. I definitely remember. I definitely remember that player, and uh, yeah, he definitely was a legend because of that. Uh, so, I mean, it's 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 one of those things that uh, the Lakers. I think the Lakers are just trying to to structure a future team. A team that's going to at least bring us another five or six or however more, you know, uh, championships. So they're trying to develop the right chemistry with the right, you know, with the right uh, trio, probably. Or well, with, I mean, with an entire team, for that matter. Absolutely. And I mean, Jenny Bus, sorry, Jeannie Bus, um, is is definitely a, uh, a forward thinker. Somebody who you know is looking to the future as well. But I really like them bringing in this young set of legs to be a come off the bench player specifically because we're having this quick start to the season right now when you've got older players like we do when you've got a guy like lebron james who's got a lot of miles on those legs the guys played more playoff game well not just injury pro i mean lebron's actually managed to avoid it pretty well but you got to remember, he's played more playoff games than anybody in the history of the game. Okay. He's played more playoff games than anybody ever has. True. That's extra full games. That's extra. So not only has he played, God, what is it? 16 full seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got another eight seasons worth of playoff games on his legs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right about that. You know, yeah, that's that's a lot and, of wear and tear. And and like you said, with this with this season just coming out, you know, right. out, you know, so soon, that's a lot of that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work on players. So yeah, it's definitely a good idea for her to like uh for actually any owner to look ahead in the future as far as players are concerned to make sure that they don't uh you know they don't uh, get hurt so i mean it's definitely going to be uh it's definitely going to be something to watch this season in which the season's going to start very soon uh to see how pal uh, how pal how mark <laughs> force a habit how mark uh does with uh with uh, the lakers and you know we'll see if he does just as well as his brother did so we'll find out about that side note lonnie you yeah. are, are so ecstatic that your Steelers are undefeated still. How about I mean, that, guys? I'm surprised um, you haven't like I'm surprised you haven't like thrown that in there. Well, I threw it in there one time before you edited it out. Edited it. I did not. <laughs> did not. I did not. Um, I didn't know such so thing. I'm just, I'm just giving you a hard time since we're not talking about the NFL. I just well, we're, we're, we're going to get into that. I just wanted to throw that little side note for your sake. Well, because I well, love Yelani. See, really see, see, see how much love I got for you? You know, well, for I you. Not for, not for the Steelers, but for you. I appreciate it. Well, the thing is, we're, we're playing Thanksgiving Day, which is super cool. And I looked at the lineup for just programming tomorrow. And it's kind of cool because basically people could just should just keep it locked on NBC because the morning starts, which I'm pretty stoked about this, with the Macy's Day Parade, which is still going to go on tomorrow. Yep, I heard about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, I love, you know, and it's at 9 a.m. And then right after the Macy's Day Parade, later on in the afternoon at noon, is a dog show, a national dog show, which I, I love dogs. <laughs> so I'm going to watch that at noon. And then and then evening, we've got a night game with our rival team, um, the Baltimore Ravens. So nice. I'm just super stoked. And, so everybody, and they're playing in Pittsburgh. 
So, so, so you got your whole Thanksgiving day planned out. Whole Thanksgiving planned. Um, we're actually cooking today. So we're starting it and all the food's bought. So we're set. Nice. And plenty of wine and everything. So um, yeah, we're 10 and 0. How about that? And nice. And I happen to disagree with you and a couple of other people who've said that we've had an easy schedule. Oh, I don't think you this disagree is with me. How could you not have it? You've had a pretty easy schedule. Come on now. So, I mean, the Ravens are tough. The Ravens are tough. And, you know, it's going to get harder. Not as tough and, as they were last year. This, this yeah, year kind of... Yeah, and fact that... I forgot Kansas City lost to somebody last week. Was it to the Raiders? Uh, not last week. They beat the Raiders um, this week. Okay. They lost a couple of weeks ago to the Raiders. But Yeah, they, they lost a couple of weeks ago to the Raiders. So, the way I see that is because I think Kansas City is going to be our toughest competitor. You know, and it should... Because, I mean, we're if we win tomorrow, we, we clinch our spot in the playoffs just by winning tomorrow. And... Um, and playing, you know, we'll probably face Kansas City. And I think that's going to be our toughest, toughest competitor. And I think... I honestly, and I don't mean to cut you here real quick, but I, I just think that Ben really wants one more ring before he retires. I'm, that's that's what I'm thinking right now. Oh, God. Yeah, well, yeah, and the thing is, you know, just because I'm not, you know, there are other quarterbacks that I have liked more than Ben. I, I give it to him, though. He's tough. We've just got an amazing team. Like, there's not one big standout person. They just play well together. Mm. We, we don't have like one Antonio Brown. We have a couple of really good receivers, you know? Um, and so I just think that, and then a, the a, the best defense ever. So I just think it's just a combination of a lot of things um, and just the will to win. So having said that, you know, I don't want to jinx us. I just go, we go into every, every game as if it's the first and uh yeah i actually since i've been here it's kind of funny um side note i bought a new terrible towel because i had like this old terrible towel i was gonna ask about that too if you have your terrible towel out there i I used to take with me to all the sports all the Steelers bars in california because there's so many and then i lost it and so um giant eagle is like local grocery store here sells all kinds of kinds of memorabilia and i bought a terrible towel about two weeks ago you, you so, know, I, I meant to ask because, and this may be my ignorance talking here. Where did the whole concept of the terrible towel come from? Do you guys know? Good question. Yeah. Um, back in the day, so this would have been back in the day uh, when the Steelers, so I guess like the 70s. And during the 70s, uh, when the Steelers were the dynasty back then, people used to go uh, to the go to the games and wave these yellow towels. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like a lot of teams do, these yellow banners. And there was a famous um, radio uh, disc jockey, sports journalist here in Pittsburgh. Um, his name was Myron Cope. If you get a chance, if you guys get a chance, because you have to look look him up. Like, he's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. He had the most distinct voice with, like, the Pittsburghese accent, accent funny. Just a hilarious commentator. And I want to say Myron Cope coined the phrase, the terrible towel, because whenever all the fans would go to the stadium and raise, you know, the towels, you'd see just a sea of yellow and black in the stands. He'd always say, there goes our terrible towels. So I, I, I want to say Myron Cope 
name the towel the terrible towel because even on my towel because I got there's so many different versions of the towel and I'm all about old school I just love old school stuff Mm-hmm. So on my towel, like at the bottom, it says the original Myron Coke terrible towel. Nice. Well, not, now we know what to get you for Christmas. <laughs> get you. A, I'm just gonna go to the store and get a random yellow towel and be like, here. <laughs> here's my. Here's the Xander effects version of the terrible towel. <laughs> Just give me that one. No, it's really cool. I never knew that. It's an interesting story. That's really cool. Well, I mean, your your team continues on its undefeated streak. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Kansas or anybody else is able to like take them down from that uh, undefeated throne. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but Jeremy, you also have news and other in other sports news. You actually have news about USC and uh, player testing positive for COVID. Yes, we do. Actually, this was uh, uh, this was announced yesterday, and we have an actual statement from uh, the USC uh, USC athletic department. And it is uh, we were informed last night on Monday, November twenty third, that a single football player tested positive for COVID nineteen. That individual did travel with us to Utah for Saturday's football game, Mm. and he had tested negative three times within 36 hours of travel and again on game day. All other test results were negative. All staff and um, students tested negative, and the individual has not been present at facilities on Sunday or Monday. The individual is unfortunately symptomatic and has been quarantined, and we are working with county health officials and Utah athletics. So we have no idea whether the Utah players have been tested or what their results yet are or not. But unfortunately, yes, uh, a player who did test positive traveled to Utah and was there for that game with both teams. So again, this is what I've been saying from the beginning, man. This is why this shouldn't even be happening. You know, Mm -hmm. you just don't know. This kid had three negative tests before traveling and then again on game day another negative test but you take tests after the game as well apparently that one came back positive Mm -hmm. so you know you just don't know and they're putting these kids health at risk so the so the symptom wasn't so the the virus wasn't even active until after the game was over well, so as far as we know, I mean, or the test just didn't pick up on it. I mean, we just don't know enough yet. I mean, there's been so many false positives. There's been multiple players now who've actually tested positive within a day or two of having tested negative. So man, it's just there's so much that's up in the air that we just don't understand. Oh man! Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully that uh, player gets better, and hopefully, no, nobody else is uh, infected with uh, the virus. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's very it's a very tough situation right now. I mean, I know that uh, that there was another game that was canceled due to COVID. Another college uh, football game that was canceled due to COVID as well. So it's just it's it, it, they they just really need to put a handle on this thing once and for all because it's getting out of hand. I mean, I mean it's just it's tough, but uh, hopefully hopefully they'll all get better. They'll all get they'll all get well very soon. Uh, in other sports news, uh, <laughs> Lana, you might like this one. We talked about this, and you were like the entire time. So Patrick Mahomes, on a lighter note, Patrick Mahomes tends to put. Uh, ketchup on his Thanksgiving meal of turkey and ham. 
<laughs> oh, Patrick, what are we going to do with he, you? He went, said, he went ahead and said, quote, yeah, dude, I mean, come on. You got to put ketchup on that turkey and ham. <laughs> dude, I hope he, I hope he's trolling us. Seriously. I Ew. I got to I got I mean, Jeremy, as a chef, do you feel that that's an insult to your palate? <laughs> yes, that uh not an insult to my palate. Let me let me put it this way. <laughs> let me put it this way. If if I spent hours and hours and hours preparing a Thanksgiving dinner, cooking everything from scratch. And one of my guests gets up and goes to the fridge and grabs ketchup to squirt it all over. <laughs> You're damn right. I'm going to be offended and pissed off. I'll give you an example. <laughs> I love Lonnie's reaction right now. My own older brother. My own older brother. Okay. Uh-huh. He came down and lived with me for a bit when he was looking for a place in L.A. And I went out and I bought some really great dry-aged prime steaks to cook (laughs) us for dinner. And as we're sitting there, I didn't realize, had I known he was walking towards the fridge, I would have tripped him or beaten him or (laughs) hit him over the head with a baseball bat or something. (laughs) He comes back to the table with his plate covered in, I swear to you, this is not an exaggeration, a quarter inch thick of A1 sauce smothering <laughs> oh my God. this $50 steak I bought. Oh, wow. I wanted to kill him. I, I wanted to murder him then and there. So, no, that is not okay. Everybody has their preferences, what you do behind closed doors and all that. But, dear God, that is just an insult to a good turkey dinner. Well, in in saying that everybody has their preference, he went ahead and actually said, he continued on by saying, quote, there's just certain things I put ketchup on that people don't like. You don't have to put it on everything, but it does add a little flavor to certain things people won't try it on. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Can, I, can I just say something though? Please, oh. please, I love hearing it. In, in between, oh, is, uh, <laughs> is I is I I'm one of those people though who you guys I love my hot sauce. Uh-huh. That's like my my, and I think it's just attached maybe to my Caribbean roots, and also my mom grew up in the South. And I'm one of those people because when I would be out in the field with my photographer, actually the one that I used to work with here, I met with up with her earlier today outside because she gave me a pumpkin pumpkin roll for um, for Thanksgiving for us to have here, and um, she made um, homemade. Um, this homemade sauce that she wanted me to use. But anyway, um, I would always, we'd always be in the truck together and I'd be like, man, this is so good. But you know what I need? And she looked over at me, hot sauce. I was like, yep, I need some hot sauce on this. So <laughs> I don't put hot sauce on everything now, but I, I probably love having hot sauce, hot mustard, or like sriracha sauce nearby for certain things. Yeah, for certain things. But ketchup is just like, to for me, it's just so gross because it has so much sugar in it too. And well, you know what? I actually, I don't mind 
putting ketchup on eggs. I actually like that. Scrambled eggs. I actually like putting ketchup on eggs every once in a while. I mean, you get it on the hash brown and it gets on the mm-hmm. eggs. So mm-hmm. That's not too bad. I, I don't mind that. But but ham and and turkey, uh, I don't know about all that. That that just seems a little bit. It just you know it reminds me of uh, that scene in the movie Waiting. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen that movie, but of course, yeah that that scene where the 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 white trash guy was like asking for yeah. Like he's like, so I just want nothing some sets off the nothing sets off the flavor of a good steak like ketchup. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what he said verbatim. That's exactly what. Yep, that's exactly what he said in the in the in that scene, and that's what it reminds me of. Is is that one guy's like, dude, not a one sauce, ketchup on a steak. I mean, I mean, Jeremy, at least at least your brother put something that is used for steaks. You know, A1 sauce. Imagine if he would have put ketchup on that. Uh, again, yeah. that would have infuriated me. But <laughs> here's my thing. Everybody has their own preference. Cool. Really awesome. Do. Great. Mm-hmm. But what do you need to drown it in it for? Mm-mm. If mm-hmm. you want something, you know, I mean, what mm-hmm. the hell? Do you not want to taste the food? Right. I don't understand that. That's what right. I mean. You want to put a little something on the side to dip a little yeah. something. I mean, I, I'm a hot sauce fan myself. If I'm having, yeah. oh yeah, big time. And if I'm having roasted meats or anything, I mean, I love a you know a good uh-huh. squirt of sriracha or some uh-huh. great garlic habanero sauce or oh, you yeah. know I I love good hot sauce. But oh, yeah. again, I want to taste my food. Right. The sauce is a, a an elevation. It's just a right. little something to bring the flavor right. up a little. Right. Um, right. You know, I have no problem with that. I mean, I'll right. give you an example. In Japan, when you get really, really fine Wagyu, um, whether it's Miyazaki or Kobe or any of the top brands, they serve it with just three things. Uh-huh. And what's a little that? Bo- a little bowl of salt. Mm-hmm. A little bowl of fresh grated wasabi. Mm-hmm. And usually a little bowl of um, a light ginger sauce that they make mm-hmm. up. And it's yeah. very light. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And literally, you take your piece of meat and you dip the tiniest mm-hmm. corner in one mm-hmm. of those. And you eat it. That's it. That's the ideal. And that's the perfect way to serve it. So, of course, even the best, I mean, this is the best beef in the entire world, Mm -hmm. is still being served with a little something to help elevate the flavor. Right, right. Not only that, it's, it's, I think, kind of not polite. And this is just me when someone makes dinner and before you even try it, you automatically douse it in a bunch of different things. I just think that's... Yeah, Thank you for not, saying that. Mm-hmm. It's not polite to the, it's the, not polite to the cook. Like biggest just, pet peeve of a mm-hmm. chef or a cook or whoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is such a huge pet peeve. Um, yep. again, a family story. At yep. Thanksgiving, my aunt who puts salt and I mean mm-hmm. she salts everything. That's my dad too. I don't care how much salt you've put in it, Thank she salts everything. Yep. And for, I don't know, probably the third Thanksgiving in a row, she sat down and reached for the salt and went to drown her food in it. And I looked at her and I said, would you mind tasting what I spent the last 12 hours cooking yep. before you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. And yeah. this is my Aunt Pauline. 
the who I have a wonderful relationship with, and we've always just given each other crap, and you know, have a wonderful time messing with each other. So she took it in the in the spirit it was meant, but she also realized that you know that was rather annoying to me. No, I can understand that. I mean, I, I gotta to, just to add to that, my mom, uh, whenever she cooked, my mom, she, you, my dad. Oh my god, this is this is just horrible. My mom was an incredible cook. Like she was just incredible. I loved all the meals that she made. Uh she was in, awesome in the kitchen. And my dad, for some reason, it was almost like a force of habit. He immediately went for the salt every time. And that infuriated my mom every time. She would actually, like, that would actually prompt many fights between the two of them. And it was like, she would sit there and she would watch him just like douse the food with salt. And my mom's like, so what? It's not good. If you don't like it, you don't have to eat it. You know, I mean, I I don't understand why you're putting so much salt on the food. It has plenty. And my dad would argue the fact that it's like, dude, this isn't, you know, why do you have to cook the meal so bland? I, I would actually interview him like, dad, it tastes fine. Like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and he's like, I don't taste the flavor, blah, blah, blah. And my mom would just, uh, it was just a back and forth between the two of them. And I just, I had to play referee sometimes because it got pretty bad sometimes. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it just, it, it's rude. It's rude to go ahead and do that. Now, if the food needs it, you know, taste it first. And if it needs it, then put a little bit on there, you know, not so much to, that it'll insult the person that made the food, the meal, you know, but, you know, I mean, come on, don't, don't put, don't, 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 don't ruin a good meal by putting something on it. I mean, he's, he, it's funny because he actually does that with me too. He actually does that with me, and that that really irritates me. He puts like he squeezes. He doesn't use salt anymore because he can't eat salt anymore. But he squeezes lemon in it. I was like, Dad, eat, try it first. Like, like Jeremy, like Jeremy, you know. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm like, try it first before you put lemon on it. It's got a good flavor to it. Trust me. He's like, No, I know it does. You know, it's just it's just too hot. This this cools it down. I was like, Whatever. <laughs> just do what you want. I don't you know. You know another you know another good thing, you guys, which I'm sure great grape coupon um, mustard. I love. Oh, love grape. I, I'm a big mustard mm-hmm. fan. Grape coupon is yeah. awesome. Pardon if me. You do you have a coupon? If, <laughs> if <laughs> old school, <laughs> Lonnie, if you ever come across, uh, there is a great mustard made by Stone Brewing Company, the same people ooh, Stone beers ooh, down in. Uh, it's it's they make uh, like stone ground porter mustard, yeah, and yeah. Uh, garlic IPA mustard, and all these. Different yeah, it's really good if you're a mustard fan. I am. Well, there so, you go. There's a little un, un, uh, unsponsored plug for you guys. If so you take mustard, that, Patrick, and you catch up loving <laughs> thing, you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, coming up next in video game news, um, I had mentioned that uh, Red Dead's getting a DLC. Actually, I was mistaken. It's not a DLC. It's actually uh, Red Dead Online is doing a standalone that's going to be coming in December. We'll talk a little bit about the details on that. But first, here's Dirty Machines Discord right here. Here on the Xander Effect. You a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You, you a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You a liar. You, 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 
this is Annalise Hoveda, and you're listening to The Xander Effect. Being Snoop D-O-double-G But I somehow, someway Keep coming up with funky ass hits Like every single day May I kick a little something for the G's And make a few ends as I breeze through Two in the morning and the party still jumping Cause my mama ain't home I got some freaks in the living room getting it on And they ain't leaving till six in the morning So what you gonna do? Hmm. I got a pocket full of rubbers and my homeboys do too so turn off the lights and close the doors. But for what? We don't love them now. Yeah. So we gon' blow a house to this. G's up, freeze up for a second now. Bounce to this. Laid back. With my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Laid back. With my mind on my money and my money now, on my Got me some sequins gin. Everybody got their cups, but they ain't chipped in. Now these types of things happen all the time. You gotta get yours, but fool, I gotta get mine. See, everything is fine when you're listening to the DOG. I got the cultivating music that be captivating me. Who listen to the words that I speak as I take me a drink to the middle of the street and get to Mac into this trick named Sadie. She used to be my homeboy's lady. 80 degrees when I tell that trick, please raise up all these in your teeth, cause you get none of these at ease. As I mob with the dog pound, feel the breeze, say you know I'm just. Dr. Dre came through with a gang of Tangle Ray and a fat ass Jay of some bubonic ET that made me choke. This ain't no joke, I had to back up off a bit and sit my cup down. Tangle Ray and ET, I'm toe down now. But it ain't no stopping, cause I'm still popping. And Dre got some tricks from the city of Compton to serve me. Not with a cherry on top, cause when I get through, I got to hit the dope spot. Don't get upset, girl, that's just how it goes. I don't love them, no, I'm off the dope, and I'll be. That was Snoop Dogg's Gin and Juice right here on the Xander Effect. And man, got to love a little bit of gin and juice, especially right now during the holidays. Go ahead and get a little tipsy. You know, you, 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 you know, Lonnie, you know what I'm talking about, right? 
Oh, I got. Oh, yeah. I'm turning. I'm turning. Turning up tomorrow. I got oh, two bottles. Yeah. <laughs> what are you? What are you? What are you gonna be drinking? Pinot Noir. I have two bottles of red. My mom likes her white wine. Oh, we've you're got a classy. Vodka. You're a classy drinker. Yeah, we've got we've got vodka downstairs too, though. It might get a little messy with some vodka, especially if we <laughs> win again. Especially if we win again and we we go eleven. Don't mix the two. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I'm thinking about going and getting some tequila because a nice tequila shot with Mama would actually be a nice ending to the day. So. I go when, when it comes to tequila, I do what you do with the whole kitchen thing. I'm like, ah. that's why. That's why. That's why to me, tequila is aptly named to kill ya because yeah, it'll kill you right after that. So, but I mean, but Jeremy, I know that you're you're you know you're on the straight and narrow. But I mean, how's how's uh, what about your uh, your fiance Joni? Um, well, we picked up a couple of nice uh, Pinot Noir and uh, a couple of nice um, Chardonnays just to go with dinner for my stepfather, my brother, and Joni so they can enjoy a glass of wine mm-hmm. or two if they'd like. Um, you know me, I'll be abstaining because I don't have bail money. And um, <laughs> Yeah, and I don't feel like picking you up. I, mean, you know, I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's cool. You know, it's uh, speaking of, I mean, we're going to quick side note here your fiance is a weirdo okay she went ahead and she sent that's me polite. well i'm practically family so i'm allowed well um, yeah he's taking his life in his own hands because he knows i'm gonna tell her he said that so well here's no, good luck no, buddy I no hold on hold on she sent me oh yes okay. i know i i know <laughs> i know why? Why? Okay, Why? so we have some weird news here. And, and I wanted to bring this up actually at the beginning. I forgot until right now. I just Yeah, remembered. we're going to jump into this one real quick. Um, and Lonnie, I, I being the only female on the show, I'm going to have to get your opinion. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. So Joni has found she a friend of hers sent her oh, a, a link to this thing, and it is not a sexual toy it is a actual electronic device for kegels for women (laughs) okay and what you do is you place it inside of you Uh and there are sensors on it and it Uh connects to an app on your phone and it's a video game and whatever where almost like angry birds where you control your avatar character by clenching and unclenching and doing your kegel exercises creative it's a very creative idea it's rather odd when she first (laughs) showed me the thing i was like wait a minute this is a sex toy that connects to your phone you could really screw with somebody here (laughs) Um, but no it is not a sex toy it is an actual device to help women basically to encourage them to do their kegel exercises i mean you can make it into a sex toy (laughs) especially if you have the control on your freaking app on your phone I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I, I, you know what? It's all about maintaining. You know me. It's about maintaining your body mm-hmm. and your functions. I was just like, I, I was just. I told, I told, uh, <laughs> I told, I told, I told Joni. I was like, oh, now I know what to get Jeremy for Christmas. <laughs> 
Are there anal kegels? <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, I mean, I, I can't do anything else. I mean, what would it be for me for? I anal see. kegels, anal kegels. <laughs> what can I? I mean, that's what else would I be able to use it for? So, I mean, is that even a thing? Oh Dear God. God, that's terrible. You know, it just, it just, it just kind of reminds me too. Anal kegels. Wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, it reminds me of uh, the movie The Ugly Truth. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie with Catherine Heigl and with um, with Gerard Butler, but there's a scene because Gerard Butler plays this guy oh, that I is. I saw that movie. I loved it. It was so cute. Okay. A, well, the scene, the restaurant scene with uh-huh. the vibrating with the vibrating panties. Yes. And it was the funny. Oh my god, I was crying. <laughs> I was laughing so hard because the vibrating panties he gave to yep. her had a yep. remote control, and yep. she had kicked the remote control to another table where a little boy <laughs> had the control the entire time and he was just playing with it turning the vibration all the way up all the way down to the point that she was having massive orgasms the entire time <laughs> but what i liked about that scene is that is the dirtiness but yet the innocence of the child not knowing what that controller was doing exactly <laughs> and your brother just picks up the controller he's like sorry pal it's my toy <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when, when you said that it had remote control an app for your phone that's what came to mind when i when i when you were saying that so yeah tell johnny stop sending me that stuff <laughs> Like, what do I need to see this for? That's <laughs> hilarious. She thought it was a, a odd uh, news thing for us to talk about. Well, bravo for her, because it definitely was. My God. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, the things that we see on the Internet, I swear to God. Now, <laughs> moving forward in video game news. Uh, looks like uh, Red Dead Online will not have any Kegel exercises or anything <laughs> like that. But they, <laughs> but they do have... <laughs> <laughs> they do have a standalone uh, game version coming in De- in December. Uh, this coming from IGN.com and by from writer Jordan Oloman uh, said, "quote." Rockstar has, Rockstar Games has has revealed a standalone version of Red Dead Online, which can be purchased separately from the game's campaign. As of December December first, players will be able to purchase Red Dead Online on the PlayStation Store, Microsoft Store, Rockstar Games Launcher, Epic Games Store, and Steam. The game will cost $4.99 at launch as part of an introductory offer, which is 75% off the off the game's RRP. Uh, this offer will last until February 15th, 2021. Of course, you'll need PlayStation Plus or Xbox Live Gold to engage with games multiplayer features. As well as the last-gen consoles, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is already available on Red Dead Online, will be playable on next-gen consoles via backwards compatibility, and take up to 123 gigabytes of hard drive space. Uh, the standalone package will also give players the option to upgrade and purchase Red Dead Redemption 2's story mode at an additional cost. So basically, uh, they're doing this because they're also going to include the bounty hunter role. Uh, in uh, is is actually the bounty hunter role is being expanded. Um, you know, with an extra ten ranks and uh, added to the role as well as the new legend is uh, new legendary bounties as well. Uh, I believe that Rockstar is trying. See, the thing is that that irritates me is that both Grand Theft Auto 
and Red Dead Redemption 2, they're part of Rockstar, but they're separate teams. There's like different teams that, of developers for each game. And you can tell because each game is very different from one another. Of course, there's a lot of similarities in which in multiplayer, you could kill each other and <clears throat> pretty much grief a lot of other players. But it's still, it, they're still very different with, uh, with one another, the, the you know, gameplay and everything. So, uh, but what really irritates me right now is that Red Dead has been kind of, well, there's been rumors, really, uh, that they're going to, like, you know, put out a new uh, DLC that includes properties and things like that, which they should have done, actually, from the very beginning. They gave they gave players in the game a camp where your character could go ahead and hang up his <laughs> hang up his, his boots, so to speak. Um, oh, and by the, just, just so you know, Lonnie, I know that you're not uh, too familiar with uh, games. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption is a cowboy game. It, t- it takes place in the Old West. Oh, neat. So, yeah, it's a really cool neat. cowboy we- uh, Old West game where mm-hmm. you, you play an outlaw, pretty much. Uh, you can do bounty hunter missions where you have to actually, you know, uh, capture uh, escaped prisoners or anything like that and gain money from that. Uh, you could also be a hunter. Uh, there's animals that you could go ahead and hunt. Uh, which, right. which, by the way, I did a report about this uh, a, a few months back that uh, some uh, animal rights activists were kind of pissed about the game. They, oh, you're you're killing innocent animals. They're right. virtual animals, right? Real. Exactly. It's just God, God. This 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 new generation. I swear. I'd be careful with that. Yeah, <sighs> people are very so, sensitive these days. God, I swear. But uh, yeah, the fortunately, Rockstar didn't listen to them, and they continued to, to to do it anyway. I mean, hell, you should see Assassin's Creed Valhalla. That game right there. When you go hunting for an animal, oh, it's gruesome how you kill an animal in that game. It's more gruesome than well, it's not as gruesome because in in Red Dead Redemption Two you actually you kill it and then you skin it right there on the Jeez. side of the road yeah it's it's actually pretty it's pretty graphic how they do it Jeez. you skin the animal completely well how they used to do in the old west exactly that's the thing it's appropriate for the time as well as with valhalla and everything else it's not like this is gratuitous it's not that they've thrown this into some game where it doesn't belong or has no actual significance these are games Games that are attempting to emulate real life. They're supposed to be immersive adventures into this time period. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's that simple. And yet, mm-hmm. it's not that simple. <laughs> no, it is that simple. It, well, it just, for normal people, it's that simple. <laughs> for people right. that just have need a reason to, to, to bitch and complain, it's not that simple. At least... Exactly. It never seems to be. Oh, and I I hate to interrupt video game news, but we have a sporting drop that just came in, and it is big. The Thanksgiving night game between Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steelers has been moved to Sunday afternoon due to COVID. Yep, due to a COVID nineteen outbreak among the Ravens. Oh snap! The Ravens now have. The Ravens now have seven players who have tested positive. Oh man! And those have had dang to be dirty quarantined. birds. Sorry, that's. I, I hope they're okay. But those dang dirty birds. Sorry. I hope okay. So unfortunately, your plans will be changing for tomorrow evening. I'm yeah, sorry to say, Lonnie. I, 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 I think I think Lonnie will be good with the wine and with the tequila <laughs> and with the vodka. 
I think oh, she's yeah, fine. Yeah. I think you're going to be just fine, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the news in case you haven't heard it. Thank you so much for uh, listening to uh, another wonderful episode of the Xander Effect. Wanted to go ahead and thank our guest, uh, Seven Roberts, for stopping by and saying hello. Uh, I also wanted to go ahead and, uh, and, and say thanks to my great co-host, Jeremy Miller. Uh, you know, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving you and your family my friend and uh you know please don't come back <laughs> as to you brother and you know it's the one thing i'm grateful to the quarantine for is i don't have to spend thanksgiving with you so nice, you know. nice. very nice and also and also to our wonderful co-hostess miss lonnie rivera i uh wish you and uh, your family as well a wonderful thanksgiving i hope you spend it very well even though your uh your steelers are have you know their game has been canceled but uh i'm sure you'll have a wonderful thanksgiving i hope you do yeah thank you so much happy thanksgiving to both of you thank you so much eat lots of turkey and take long naps most definitely most definitely and for the rest of you out there i hope you all have a wonderful thanksgiving please stay safe we are still in a pandemic uh unfortunately uh if you have to visit your loved ones try to go ahead and maintain social distancing for their safety and for yours as well remember to wear your masks at all times uh with people that you don't uh normally uh uh, uh you know you don't normally hang out with or anything like that uh remember to wear your gloves if you got them goggles if you got them and remember music always always heals all we'll see you next time Yo, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 i was like open them up yeah. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and Ertelsman, in association with Art19 Media.